This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. But everyone who's listening here, you may not even be a patron because we're putting this out to the world. We are very excited to have you for a special bonus episode of Keeping Carlson where we're going to be doing our second annual hot takeoff contest. So I've got a nice crew with me. I'm Elon Dubrowski, host of Keeping Carlson. I think you guys know. I've got with me, of course, the fantasy hockey robot and a bunch of other things, Brian Calm. Hello, Elon. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited for this special episode. I've got my hot take pants on. Ready to rock. <laughs> okay. Then we've got what what can you show us those for the people watching live? Uh okay. They're pajama pants. I'm okay. just comfortable. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, you gotta get ready because these hot takes might be super dope and you wanna be able to be able to jump up and stretch around and be excited. So it I makes also sense. plan to go to bed immediately after we record this episode. <laughs> just for everyone to, that needs to be aware, it's eight PM right now. And <laughs> Brian is saying what? Maybe your time zone. <laughs> okay, then we've got the, I guess, host of the hot takeoff for this week. I'm going to pass it off to him soon for good, and he's going to be hosting this whole thing. We've got John Reed, founder of TPK Games. Hello, John. How's it going? I'm so happy to take a break from my D&D schedule and talk about fantasy hockey. Anytime I tell them like I'm like this big fantasy hockey like fan, uh, everyone just kind of laughs at me. You know, I don't know how much overlap there is between the audience, but I'm really happy to have been collecting hot takes for the last, uh, I don't know, couple of weeks. And uh, I love the look on your guys' face when uh, one of these lands or doesn't. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, uh, hopefully we can make that an audible reaction too. That's faithful. Also, I'm thinking <laughs> like you're into D&D, you're into fantasy hockey. Have, are you, have you ever considered fantasy fantasy? <laughs> like like dnd like a dnd pool like so essentially you- like all of the all of the dnd streams on twitch like making a fantasy team of those characters and seeing how that they would uh, perform over the course of a season yeah mm. i think you might be onto something i think this is a new show like eric carlson ventures into the unknown <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's, that's, that's hockey that's dnd hockey Oh, the, both sound good. I thought, Brian, you meant... By the way, who was, who was that talking? Okay, I'll let you know there. Ah, no, I'm just going to keep... Okay, I thought you meant, like, people will bet on the results of D&D games. No. And, like, pick characters and, like, draft for the different characters in the D&D game and then see who's going to oh, do the best. yes. Yes. But I also like the idea of fantasy hockey where someone makes up what's going to happen in the hockey season <laughs> and the dungeon master like figures out the season as we go. That'd be fun. Okay. Of course we have just like our last hot takeoff, the host of the now defunct, but formerly one of my favorite podcasts, stream scheme, Dave Benton. 
Greetings and salutations, hockey connoisseurs. Yes, uh, the stream scheme is now done, but uh, hopefully I'll be coming up with something new uh, for this next season. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let's get ready to get hot in here, uh, both literally and figuratively, because I turned off my air conditioning for the sake <laughs> of the audio. Uh, so let's get right to it. M- much appreciated. Look of at course, you needing air conditioning in April. What a privileged life. <laughs> So, Brian, we've got not a lot of people in the chat room here, which makes sense because we're right in the middle of the big game one between the Leafs and the Bruins, currently 1-1. I've got the screen open here. I'll give you guys updates as we go. I guess there's also like a Caps game and a Tampa Bay Lightning game, but who cares about that? All right, let's say what's going on here. So, hot takeoff. If you haven't turned this off yet, let me tell you what's going to be happening today. We've had our listeners, mainly the patrons of Keeping Carlson, who deserve this bonus episode because they support the show, but we decided to give it away to everybody. So the patrons have sent us their hot takes. That's ideas they have. They think are both smart, like predictions or projections, or we'll see what the ideas are. They have to be both like reasonable and you can argue them, but also hot. Like they need to be something that makes us go, huh, I didn't think that way. Very interesting. And Brian, Dave, and myself are each going to be judging your hot takes Harshly, I will say, kid gloves are off, and whoever has the highest score at the end of all this is going to win a prize. I thought of some potential prizes, Brian. So I was thinking that I could just name all the prizes that I thought of, and then the winner can choose which prize they want. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, that works for me. What do you like? Do you want to announce them now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. What were you saying, John? You've got a lot of faith in the winner to be uh, selecting from uh, – you're putting a lot of choice into the hand whoever uh, wins this thing. Yeah, these are all things I'm, a, I'm willing to give up. So, <laughs> okay, and hopefully Brian is too. If not, it might be too late because Brian's not going to want to, you know, shoot them down right on live at the show. So, number one, you get to hang out with Brian for a whole day. You have di- – no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so uh, one option. You could be a judge on the next hot takeoff. How about that? Nice. Good prize? Okay, you can have that. You might be able to take a couple. You can negotiate, right? We'll see how hot your take is. Okay, uh, we can send you like a Keeping Carlson shirt. That's sort of the default one. You know, we just we just go order you a shirt. That's easy for us. Dave's got one right here, the old school shirt. Or you, so you could, I guess, have the old school one or the Eric Carlson. Uh, what, what what would you call it, Brian? Our logo. likeness. Silhouette. Right. Unless, of course, we're trying to put it on Spreadshirt and they told us that it's too much like him and it was like a copyright infringement. So um, it is not his likeness. It's just like a generic hockey player. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Another option. I could give you my Game Center credentials for the playoffs. I'll just tell you my (laughs) username and password. And then I guess you could watch playoff games. I don't know if that's legal, but uh, I don't think you should be admitting to that. (laughs) As long as they, well, what's the word? What can they do to me? Right. As long as it's allowed, we could try it out. Uh, like I'm the only one who uses it. A lot of people share Netflix. Why can't I share my Game Center with the hot take winner? So there's one. Uh, I got three more, okay? Uh, no, my this. conspicuous wow. silence. <laughs> okay, not popular. We'll see if they want it. Uh, no, I've it's got, not that I don't think it's a great prize. I've got my goal horn here, which <laughs> on the last Schmore goalies board, I put stickers of the tears and it went horribly wrong. When you press the bottom, it goes like this. Makes a goal horn sound. You can have this. I'll mail it to you. Okay. It also opens beer. Uh, or I could, if you come to live chat shows, I could give you a wrench. I can make you a moderator of our live shows. <laughs> That's so, so terrible. <laughs> uh, and my wife suggested an autographed baseball by me. I don't know if anyone would want that, but what, got, like, would it be a, a team? Like, on. would you buy like a Blue Jays baseball? I guess. I don't know. Not a hockey puck. 
<laughs> my wife suggested a, a signed baseball, and I said I would go suggest whatever her suggestion was. So, okay, so the winner will take it. But okay, how about starting now? Let me hand this over to our esteemed host, John Reed. We're lucky to have him. By the way, he's a big contributor to Rob Has a Podcast. Helps Rob, he's hung out with Rob Sesternino, <laughs> the host of my favorite podcast, who's probably recording with Hannah Shapiro right now. Yeah. Rob- Hannah's awesome too, by the way. <laughs> I, I love her. Uh, so, and now he's here with us. We're so lucky. So, oh. John, take it from here. I won't speak again unless addressed. <laughs> well, last time I think I kept it too orderly by kicking it to you guys one at a time. So this time, I'm not going to do that. You guys can free for all, jump in wherever you want after the hot take. But before we get started, you we had a little uh, preamble before we went live with this thing, and I just wanted to like ask you guys who you're rooting for. In the playoffs, the playoffs just started. The last hot take we hot takeoff we did wasn't during playoff time. So uh, where are you guys at? Did your teams make it? Like I know, like the patrons may know, but for all the rest of the listeners, like uh, where are you guys at with the playoffs these days? Who wants to like fantasy play? playoffs? No, just like you know, <laughs> rooting for teams. Hockey. You know, Brian, real life. <laughs> <laughs> what the They're actual playoffs? Playoff. The fantasy fantasy playoffs, the one that uh, we're going to simulate. <laughs> I am cheering for. Uh, Pittsburgh only because like that's who I picked in my pool. I don't think I had like my horse in the playoff race is like exciting hockey. So I, I feel like this year's playoffs are going to peak in the second round when Winnipeg and Nashville meet, and that'll be about as good as it gets. Uh, I don't know that I have a any, any real allegiance. I'm just cheering for fun. This Toronto Boston series should be good though. Yeah, Brian uh, is cheering for good sportsmanship. No one gets hurt. I like it. And you're copying what? me. Isn't that true? That's not what I said. It was I bad sportsmanship. I mean, like, are you saying. cheering for people to get hurt? Is that? No, I'm saying it's good. That's, I assume that's what you're going for. You want good, clean, fun hockey. No headshots, right? Rooting yeah. for the referees. I would love that if call players, a game. <laughs> yeah. I would love if players' brains didn't slap their skulls. Yeah. Win. I wasn't mocking. I agree. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, maybe the you know, I feel like people right now, I almost feel like it's gone too far. I don't know. I want to submit a late hot take here. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, the playoff format isn't the most fair, but like, so, so what? So, Nashville will play Winnipeg in round two. I think it's actually maybe nice that maybe they'll have full, fully healthy teams and won't be like Nashville versus Pittsburgh in the finals last year where like Nashville had all of those injuries. So, maybe it's nice. And then you never know, like Anaheim versus Winnipeg, whatever that'd be a fun series in the conference finals. No, it wouldn't because then Anaheim. Time would have had to beat the Sharks, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, it'll uh, be San Jose. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> no, Joe Thornton not playing today. That's true. He uh, also didn't play last game. And Evander Kane has been kind of hurt a bit lately. Like, I'll bet you he's coming in a little bit beat up into the playoffs. Bando. We'll see how long he could last. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I've picked way too many upsets in my bracket. Like, I looked at it afterwards, and I was like, oh, crap. I only have, like half of the favorites making it out of round one. This is a bad, this is a bad bracket. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys see many upsets coming in this first round? Well, wait, we got to answer first the other question. Uh, so anyways, Brian straight for yeah. Pittsburgh. Dave, you're from Pittsburgh. You're trained for Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, I'm trained from Pittsburgh. So I'm from there. Uh, in regards to like playoff pools, we're pulling for uh, Winnipeg in the West. And uh, as I mentioned uh, in the pre-show, I uh, root for the Caps because I pick them in all my pools every year to jinx them. And it's worked <laughs> every year. Yeah, so basically you've lost your playoff pool every year, but it sounds like it's been <laughs> worth it for you. Worth it, yes. And uh, Washington, by the way, up to nothing. Two goals by Evgeny Kuznetsov. So, Are we going to uh, do updates all night on games that have ended by oh, the time this is 
listen to? Shade. Shade, Brian. I also cheer for Pittsburgh because, like, they've won the last two. And if they win a third, it's just like, you know, there's not a new insufferable fan base to tolerate. (laughs) Like, it's just deprivation of all the other groups of people who just can't wait to celebrate their Stanley Cup. I'm just happy to keep that a limited experience. That's fine. It, it, that sounds like something a loser would say, right? That they just don't want anyone else to win and be happy so they could be the same as you. Yeah, okay. I'm a loser. <laughs> I only won three of my pools this year. The, oh. You know, the only one I lost was mm-hmm. the one we managed together. Maybe we should stop. Sounds mm. like that's what you're saying. I, I'm just saying, like, I, if we if we followed my advice, we probably could have won that one, too. Maybe you guys should go head-to-head in Tier 1. and Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, Brian, you should actually go in a pool against me. and uh, I did last year, and I beat you in that one, too. Oh, hot start for the hot takeoff. <laughs> All right, let's get going <laughs> with the hot takes. <laughs> okay, well, let's start. Uh, I don't know. Let, let's just start. I'm going in chronological order, except for we got a lot of hot takes about one subject, which you'll see in a bit. But let's start with hot take number one. Hot take number one is that Brandon Saad will finish next season in the top 25 for points scored. Uh, what do you guys think about this uh, hot take? Mm. Is yeah. there any justification given, or is it just like thrown out there? That, that's, that's just what thrown it, out it there. It doesn't have to be. I think it's a, like that's someone's opinion. Like it's a hot take to give it. Well, and then we, we consider how reasonable it is. I, yeah. I have a take on the take. Go for it. Should, should I start because I'm ready? I'm ready. Uh, so my immediate comparable uh to brandon Saad last year is jordan everly who everyone thought was dried up but like just everything went wrong for him and he was able to bounce back to 59 points in 81 games this year and that's with uh, a fairly dry spell at times and not even being on the top power play and we can expect better from brandon Saad next year in terms of deployment um now Eberly ranks. What did we say? Brandon Saad top twenty-five score. I think that's a little high. Like Eberly's seventy ranks seventy-eighth in the league, or tied for seventy-sixth in the NHL in points this year. So Brandon Saad would need a, a pretty big bump. Also, Eberly wasn't thirty-five points bad last year. He was bad, but not that bad. So uh, I like it as as uh, finding a player who definitely does not belong with Brock Nelson and Andrew Cogliano and Tom Wilson and Justin Abdelkader in the point standings uh, might be a little too hot in in thinking that that's actually believable, especially because like the top 20 to to be in the top 20 this year, you had to be a point per game player. 20th leading scorer this year, Artemi Panarin, 82 points in 81 games. So uh, that's a, that's a taller order than most so like i think i think a hot a reasonably hot take might have had him like 70 points and right. I, I could get with 60 for sure so what's oh, i score? did a terrible job of explaining all of this stuff too uh so we're gonna i think what a one to ten ranking where 10 is a very very hot take one is a freezing cold take uh so a perfect score would be 30 and the worst take of of that you can imagine would be a three um so uh brian what's uh where are you going to rank this hot take or do you want to wait to hear everyone else before you make your final judgment? No, I'm going to, I'm going to say Brandon Saad wears the number 20 and then you divide that in two 
and subtract four. And then you've got my score of six out of ten. Why did you subtract? Why did you divide by two and subtract four? Well, that's how I got to that's just that was just a means to an end. Oh, I see. So you're giving it a six? Yeah. Wow. Well, if we're talking about means about all those numbers, then I guess that would be a little bit higher mathematically, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, who, who do you want to go next? Yeah. Uh, Dave, what, what's your take on uh, sod as a 25, uh, top 25 point scorer next year? Yeah, it is certainly hot, but not very defensible. As Brian mentioned, uh, alluded to, uh, the scoring this year to be in the top 25, you had to be pretty ridiculous. Uh, there was a good article on obviously this, podcast's favorite website, uh, Dauber Hockey Today, going over lessons learned. And they kind of explained uh, why you would see an uptick in scoring this year. A lot of people, uh, they said basically about uh, the crackdown on penalties and things like that really led to the top scorers scoring that much more, uh, which Saad really isn't. Uh, he only had 35 points this year. So to get into the top 25, you have to have a plus 15 more points probably, or at least 40, uh, I'd say. And yeah, I mean, his mean is to go back to that is around like 50 points. And I don't really see, I can see him rebounding up to 50 points, uh, but I don't really see him getting much more than that. He'd really have to get really heavy power play deployment, which he's never had for some reason. So I will give this one uh, like a five because it's really hot, but not too defensible. Wow, you guys are high on this take. I feel like <laughs> six and five. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go. I think a. I want to say two. You guys are convincing me. So go two. Bring I think I'm gonna down. go. I'm gonna go two. Like Brandon Sod, career high fifty three points. And like you guys have both said, top twenty five this year. Twenty fifth was Tyler Sagan, who had seventy eight points in eighty two games. So even if the top twenty, if you're gonna say scoring is gonna be down next year, he would need at least seventy right? Even have a shot at top 25 and even 70 points would, would have be, like put him in the top 35 barely this season. And that means he has to be like 20 points higher basically than his career high when he's like getting older, first of all, like, you know, Brandon Sad is not, you know, he's in his prime now. I'm trying to, to bring it up. But. He's 25 years old and 167 days as of April 12th. So like he, he is in the prime of his career. Yeah, it's, po- it's possible, right, that he could still have some more upside. But like Dave said, he not only has to rebound from this bad season, that he has to like bounce. And also, like, who's he playing with? Like this year, he had time with Patrick Kane at times. He had time with Jonathan Taves a lot, he, and he wasn't able to do very much. I don't see a reason for the Blackhawks to all of a sudden bring it. Like maybe if Panarin was back and he was playing with him, like I, I don't know. I just, and it doesn't even seem that they want to play him with Patrick Kane, which I think would be the surest shot at getting in the top 25. So yeah, I think it's like hot, but I think it's like, I, I don't know. I don't see why. And also this like lack of power play points, like come on power play time. It just doesn't seem to me like the type of player who's going to be getting 70 plus points next year. I so, think it'd be hotter to say like the Bryn cat's going to like outscore side by like 20 points next year. <laughs> if yeah. I were to edit this take into one that is like a reasonable hotness, I would say, I, I guess I already did, but like Elon, you're right. Like his career high is 53 points, Brandon Saad. So like, I think uh, like I think it would have been a big enough stretch to say Brandon Saad sets a career high in points next season. 
Yeah, like Brandon Saad is super fantasy relevant, gets like 60 points and is a really valuable part of a lot of people's teams. Like that I could get behind. Just remember, like last year, remember, uh, like he was the even strength superstar. He had 53 points, but he had 50 even strength points, like no power play time. So the assumption is that with that power play time, he can build off of that. But like he's like, uh, was it Dave? You someone said like he... I, I went ahead and made the assumption that he's going to get power play time next year, but that's that's not a sure thing. Yeah, and I guess just to finish this off, it's just kind of like he is on Chicago. Again, like I said, and Brian, you said it was one of your lessons to end the season was you wanted to look more into the context of teams like Duncan Keith. You expect that he could keep up what he had been doing and didn't sort of take into account the fact that the Blackhawks didn't really have any other defensemen. He'd have to have a tougher role. Like, I feel like it's the same for Brandon Salt. Like, he's going to have to play this, like, defensive role on offense, I feel like. And that's probably one of the reasons why he's not been like why he hasn't been given like the super great opportunity like i guess one argument you could say for him to do better would have been like you know he had a super low shooting percentage this year he actually had 237 shots which is his his career high in shots yet he had 18 goals which is the lowest he's had since like his second season so obviously there's room to grow there i think it's definitely reasonable to expect him to do better next year and he'll be a great sleeper so okay i'm gonna give it a three i'm changing my vote to a three because i like the seed i like the. i didn't you went too far it's like, you- <laughs> yeah, the strongest argument against this hot take was like, would you trade in a points only league first for Tyler Sagan? It's like, no, I wouldn't trade Saad and Sagan. Right. But it is a hot take in that, like, no, I wouldn't trade, you know, Saad and Sagan. So maybe next year, if I should have, uh, it, it will have been a thing. Right. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find like a player who's in like, you know, the 65, 70 point range who might be leaving their prime and like in a points only league keeper would you trade like uh well i don't know would you trade joe pavelski for brandon sod no way no brian would you trade eric stahl for brandon sod no i think it'd be harder to say like sod's gonna outpoint like eberly like you said or someone like that yeah okay i I feel like you flew too close to the sun you know you tried (laughs) you wanted to get the hottest of hot takes but you made your number too low and so you lost probably unless these rest of these takes are really bad uh so who, uh, who was it that take was Todd Moritz. Um, so thanks, yeah, Todd. Thanks for getting us fourteen out of thirty. Not it's a bad. hot take. I feel like fourteen out of thirty was enough to be in the top five for our last hot takeoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we can always, as we did, I think in the last one, like go and edit our scores after we've no. seen a bunch. Like now, I'm feeling like six was generous, but let, let's see how the rest plays out. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's uh, let's let's see how the rest play out. So, hot take number two pertains to a Boston player. Uh, Brad Marchand should be taken in the top five in any league that counts pins. Uh, Can I go first? Sure. Two again. Like it's a good, like, cause I think it's not hot. This is the opposite of the last one. I feel (laughs) like Brad Marchand, even if it doesn't count pins, he should maybe be taken top five. He's left wing. He's had one of the highest point paces of the league this year. He's clearly shown that he like he had 85 points in 68 games this season. It's insane how good he was. And if your league counts pims, yeah, he helps you even more. He had 63 pims in 68 games, almost a pim a game. How about that? Do you know who had more points and more pims than Brad Marchand this year? Uh no. <laughs> Steven Samkos. 
72 pims, although he did play 10 more games to get those extra nine penalty minutes, but also with more points and pims, Evgeny Malkin. So, like, Brad Marchand's pims totals this year were off. Like, we're used to seeing, or no, we're not even used to seeing, like, like, 90 is best case scenario, somewhere around there. Like, that's what you're hoping for him to to peak if he if he provides sure. you the best value, but and still, like even if your league counts Pims and he's not the best, like obviously it's still nice to have. Like it's not like Alex Ovechkin is one of the top hitters, but he's still super valuable in the hits league just because he helps you so much in other categories and he's even contributing decently in hits. I think that's sort of like the idea with Marchand in a in a Pims league. But I just feel like he's top five in, in almost all formats. And like these guys you were saying, Brian, who are good in Pims, like Malkin and Samkos, both are centers. And we've talked about a lot on the show how you want to get that position scarcity early on. So I would take the left wing if all else is equal. In a head to head, only had eleven. Matter like how many pims there are, though, right? It matters like if there's little at a time because you need to win it every week. So like I feel like a sta- I don't know. I don't have the stats to back this up, but I feel like a Stamkos or a Mal can get like a lot at once and then have a problem. And uh, Brad Marshawn spreads his out over maybe a more consistent time. That's a good thought, but like even like his like he had only thirteen pims more than Jake Voracek, and again like he played only sixty eight games this year between suspension. I feel like there's an injury in there too. Like his his pim totals just weren't that impressive. So I think the hotter take is that Brad Marchand is never going to get above sixty pims again. Like I I think that I think this is like I think this is instead of like believing in how great Brad Marchand's pin value is as a result of this take, I'm like reconsidering that his pin value is also not great. Also, by the way, Pim's league, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So one last thing about Pim's that I'll say, and I'll never, never want to talk about it again, but Brian, wow. you gotta, you gotta look at great stats, right? Like, uh, he's played 68 games. Like uh, Marshan had 63 pims in 68 games. It's almost a pim a game. Samco's had 72 pims in 78 games. So they're basically the same. Like I don't, I'm not sure why you're uh, poo-pooing this pim total. You, I'm like, just the, saying it's not special. The games played, you have to take it into account. You can't just be like, I oh, did. yeah. I know, but you that. Get Samkos had more, Malkin had more. Like, of course they did. They played like 20 more games. I Anyways. mentioned that. I gave that context. I, 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 I agree with Brian here. Uh, I don't... I'm going to, I hate to say it, but this is like a one for me because not only is it not hot because Brad Marchand's a great player and yeah, he's obviously top five quality, but as Brian mentioned, (laughs) PIMS don't really matter that much. So it's not that defensible anyways. I mean, it's not so much that he's someone like uh, Ovi and shots that he gets that much more than someone else that it's worth taking that much higher. If you do happen to be in a clown Pims league, then it's not like you're going to be looking at him like, oh yeah, he's going to get so much more that he's worth taking so much higher than someone else. No, especially not when you look at all those other numbers of people that are into top 40. And then especially when you consider the fact that he's a repeat offender, so he's going to be way less inclined to slew foot people like he's prone to do and get those extra Pims and stuff like that. I just so don't Elon, think it's... Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, done, yeah. Okay. So, Elon, you asked me to look up the rate stats. So, I'm looking at every player who played more than 1,000 minutes per game. This is over available at naturalstattrick.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the leaders in PIMS per 60, Tom Wilson at the top, Ian Cole, Patrick Maroon, Radko Gudas, Nikita Zudarov, Ra- Zadarov, 
round out the top five. Who's you top- will never, ever guess who number six is. Uh, okay, so just tell me then. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, Ryan Johansson. Wow. So who is no, Ryan Johansson? Is Ryan Johansson the crap? <laughs> yeah, I know Jamie. <laughs> uh, so is Ryan Johansson that I guess he's the top player for Pims per game that has over fifty points on the season, right? I assume Johansson hit fifty. Yeah, uh, fifty-four points on the season. Uh, Evander Kane's in there. Uh, Milan Lucic, Malkin, fifty. Wheeler. I, I'm just naming the forwards. Those are the forwards in the top mm-hmm. twenty. Right, but Lucic, let's just let's just put a stamp on him while we're here. Lucic did not come close to 50 points. 34 points in his second uh, year of a seven-year contract, making t- so much money for such a useless player. So just throwing that out there. I would I would say looking at this list of forwards, there is not like um, I don't know, like you can some of the best forwards in the top 30 are also like high-end producers, like. We're looking at guys who see a lot of ice time. Uh, Crosby, Konechny, Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov, Koivu, Stamkos. Like there's there's some good names in here. So I I don't think you need to like reach for Pim value early yeah. on. It could take. Yeah, honestly, I don't know much about Pims. It's clearly we don't. And now that we're looking at it, we're all learning about which players get because, <laughs> like Dave said. Cla- a bit clowny because uh, Pims hurt you. So why are we cheering for players to to cheat? I also want to add a preemptive like thank you and appreciation for everyone who has submitted a take because like it, the I, the ideation of the take is is difficult. Like if you asked me to come up with five hot takes, I couldn't. But if people hand me their hot takes, I can rip them apart in seconds <laughs> well, and like edit them into roast. something that like I think is an appropriately hot take. But I I would have never like if you gave me a day to come up with a hot All take, right. I would have never come up with the two we've already heard or potentially anything as hot as either one so thank you to the people who've served up the piping hot takes uh and we appreciate all you've done to provide us with something to talk about my hot take is brian would suck in a pims league (laughs) (laughs) my hot take is brian is going to be apologizing all throughout this episode (laughs) well last last time we had some people who like were like i wasn't sure what a hot take was and like i've got a better one for next time now that i understand and like i just like we're all we're all proud of you like Uh, you did a great job (laughs) john do you have the the uh, Abby Maria soundboard, the Rob C. Get over it. <laughs> Whatever it uh, no, no, I don't. Um, so, right, Brian, so- what, what number are you attaching to this after oh, all? Oh, right. Uh, two. Mm. All right. That's Low. a five. All right. By the way, Brian, we're I'm offering some primo prizes for to the winner of this. So you don't have to keep thanking. Like they should, should thank us. I might they might get this guy. Okay. <laughs> they can you know, hang out with Brian for a day. <laughs> <laughs> they can have dinner with you, Brian. Uh, uh, yeah. James okay. Ladner will not be getting that guy or dinner. Uh, well, hopefully he'll be getting dinner, but uh, <laughs> not in this context. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I thought that one would score a little higher when I read it. Okay, so let's. We're going to go into a round, <laughs> a round of similar hot takes, and let's start with this one. Arizona is a wild card team next year on the back of a young offense and strong goaltending. Love it. It could have been a take going into this year and flopped miserably. Um, I like it. And one thing didn't mention is Arizona's defense is like 
not awful. Like they have, like, of course they have John Merson, who they brought in, uh, Eggman Larson, Goligoski. Like it's not the most, uh, the most formidable six, but it certainly isn't awful. Like it's a, it's a reasonable group. I want to throw it out there, by the way, before we get into the Arizona one, Chris's take, I want to just say, if you would have said, Chris, that Marshand would be the top pick in the Hits League or Pims League or whatever it is, I would have given you like a seven. Like it was a, you had the seeds of a good take there and and you blew it by saying top five. (laughs) So just sorry. Okay. But anyways, okay. So what are we talking about? Coyotes now? Right. So what, what, uh, did you give a score? No, I just gave a preliminary thought and now you can take it away. Oh, you want to wait and give the I'll, the I'll come back. Score? I'm looking up some data. Okay. Uh, I'll, I could just throw it out there. Typical Elon not looking up not looking up anything. Uh, I think it's a good take. Like, I think, if anything, it's like losing some hotness just because of how good Arizona was down the stretch last year. I almost feel like by saying wildcard team, you almost like took off a bit of the potential hotness you could have had. Like, I would have wanted to hear something more like, uh, you know, I don't know, Ranta is going to be a Vesna finalist or the Coyotes are going to be next year's blue, uh, Vegas Golden Knights and no one's going to predict them to win a game. They're going to, like, be unbeatable. Like, something like be that. Be careful so- with tweaking this one because we may have some things that come out of your mouth <laughs> in the future. So, oh, uh- <laughs> Well, that's fun. All right. So I, I'm in that case, sorry to this person, uh, but I'm going to just preemptively give you a... Uh, a four, because I feel like there's going to be much hotter versions of this coming out. But I, I do agree, and obviously it does get some hotness because the Coyotes were so bad overall next year. But, I mean, at the end of the year, we saw they definitely have the potential to be a good team. They have a great goalie. They have good young players that we assume are going to get better. And uh, they sucked this year. So I think that all comes together to make it a decent take. I hope four isn't too high. I don't know how high I'm going to go at the end, just because, like I said, the Coyotes had such a good run at the end of the year that it's not as hot. Like, it's not like the first time I've heard someone predict that the Coyotes are going to be good next year. I think I've said that on the show myself. So uh, I'll go with four. And Brian, uh, Brian and Dave, what do you guys got? Dave, you want to you sure. go ahead? Yeah, I kind of agree with Elon's statement that the fact that they say wild card kind of takes away from some of the hotness because you can really limp into the playoffs depending on what a bunch of the other teams do there. Uh, but I think Arizona is going to be decent next year, but to say it's going to be on the back of the goaltending is a bit much to say, just because as we saw this year, how variant that is from year to year. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very possible that they could have terrible goaltending and they have players like Keller step up and sign some other players in free agency that step up and they can still make the wild card. So, uh, in the end, I'm going to agree with Elon here and give it a four. So I've been looking at the data and what the the picture that is uh, emerging is that you've got a team that was garbage for the start of the year. You had a new coach, you had a lot of new pieces and like, I'm not even just talking like goaltending while Antiranta was injured. I'm talking uh, just like team wide problems. And then Around February, they start climbing to heights that they they haven't seen before. And I'm talking both in shot suppression and shots on goal, which, of course, adds up to some pretty good uh, Corsi differentials and expected goals differentials. Um, And then they sort of fell down a bit and then they got back up to that height. And then they ended the season like not so off of the league average. Uh, Like, so not bad. Good job, Arizona. Uh, I, I think with an off season and more to like more time to gel as a unit 
and maybe add one or two pieces. One element of this take, um, or I, I don't know how specific I should be about this particular take, because I'll probably give this credit to anyone else who's a pro Arizona, is that like they are loaded for cap space. Like they are so good to add whatever piece they need in the offseason. So if they feel like now is finally the time to compete, they have the freedom, should someone be available, to just uh, welcome them onto their roster. What so, about John Tavares? How crazy would that be? Tavares goes to the Coyotes. What if Tavares and Carlson go to the Coyotes? Oh, now that's a hot take. Well, didn't Dwyron say that Carlson isn't going anywhere? Um, so there were mixed messages from Dorian. He said, oh, I mispronounced that. <laughs> he, he said that they will not trade Eric Carlson on draft day, which is just a little too specific to take to mean that <laughs> they're going to hang on to him. Uh, and Melnick also piped in to say that, uh, you know, Ottawa's going to make him an offer for the maximum term length, but there are other teams with deeper pockets that can bid. So, Essentially, Melnick says we're not going to pay him what he's worth. So there's a like it as a free agent. So like they said, they're going to like they. Okay, sorry, I, guess it, I, like, I didn't mean to derail you so well, much. Well, you did. They're, they're framing it like, hey, we're going to offer him a contract maximum years, and like they want to. Oh wow, what what high <laughs> rollers? But like, not maximum dollars, and it's going to be beatable. Okay. Yeah. But to bring it back to Arizona, yeah, kind of like we're saying, like they have a lot of cap space. Uh, and this might not be quite a hot take by the end of the offseason, depending on who they sign and who they draft and whatnot. So I think it might have been hotter to say, like, by the time or by the end of the offseason, like Arizona will be a, a favorite to make the conference finals or something. But, but we're basing it, like, I'm cool with basing it on today. Like, we don't know what they're going to do. Maybe. They have another year of uh, spending time in the tank. I also, <laughs> you know, like to 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 counteract everything positive we've said about Arizona, we thought this year with their strong forward group and their legitimate goalie or their young forward group and legit goalie that they were going to make waves. And uh, it took them a long time to do that. Maybe a new coach was a part of it. Uh, definitely better than the Brandon Saad take, which is like I'm realizing I did set the bar uh, artificially <laughs> high or low or whatever. Um, so I'm actually going to bump the Brandon Saad take down just to a five. Cause like, I still appreciate it. It's hard to go first. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to give this one 6.25. Okay. For the reasons that you guys mentioned, like I like it could be hot. Could it be hotter though? than wild card. I mean, I, you Did know what? You just I do the math in your head. Arizona takes and then like re-rank all of them. Did you just do the math in your head and bump the first one down to a 13 and give this one a 14 on purpose? No. Uh, no, well, I That's exactly that. what you just did. Uh, so this is now the leading take. Um, to me, well, I think I'm just to summarize that. 3.5, just because the more I think about this, it's like... Any, <laughs> 6.75. Any, any no team, points. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going down to a 3 just because anything that mentions 7.25 anything that mentions a team can make the wild card is no higher than a three for me i don't know if you say buffalo's gonna do it anyways okay let's let john take over now and also like can we make a rule no more changing your scores like just lock it in no one's keeping track arizona by the way finished dead last in the west this season and was the third worst team so i i think a wild card is reasonably hot 
But to summarize, like generally speaking, what bumped this down was the heat level went down because of its just wild card. It could have been bumped up per some people's estimates. And specifying the young offense and the goaltending specifically made it a little bit on shaky ground, right? Yeah, like that's the also, summary. And also for me, I'm just not a huge fan of team takes because you can't be <laughs> terribly hot with, when you're talking about teams. I guess okay, there's a lot of parody. There's a lot of parody in the league. I'm so, just. Uh, uh, Sorry, just for one more added piece of context here. I'm going down to see uh, who the bottom three teams in the league were last year. Colorado, Vancouver, and Arizona, and New Jersey. So two of those teams made the playoffs. So well, maybe, and the uh, Golden Knights, I guess. Uh, yeah, they, they were not ranked <laughs> last year. So... Uh, yeah, so I guess it's not uh, it's not such a crazy take. Anyway, that's that's what keeps it from a seven for me, like to to a six point. No, wait, I had to bump it up to uh, account for Dave's score. Stop, okay. <laughs> six, and it's tied with the uh, with Todd's. Rain these people in, John. <laughs> um, so staying. So that was Jeremy, uh, and staying in the same vein, the Arizona Coyotes will finish top four in the West next season in the regular season. So that's, that's uh, a little hotter, right? Uh, yeah, I'm starting to be with Dave a little bit. I kind of like what Dave said about like these team takes aren't as fun. Like, I'd almost rather it be a take about like Auntie Ranta's fantasy value next year. Like, he's going to be like a tier one, tier two, whatever. There's top four in the West. Come on, come on. No so way. they would have to be in the ranks of like. Let's quickly predict who's going to be in the top four of the West next year: Nashville, Winnipeg. And you've got like Anaheim, San Vegas, Vegas. LA is sometimes there. Yeah, like it, it's a close pack after Nashville and Winnipeg. And are we like, talking regular season or like yes, playoffs? regular season, regular season? So like, and by the way, I don't mind the team takes. Like, I find the player takes sometimes can be a little too granular. So I, okay. I like the diversity. There. Okay. Uh, I, mean, so I got my score ready. I'm going to do another four. Ready? I'm going to do another four. I feel like okay. it's hotter than the last one. But it's also like beca- verging on not defensible, so uh, I'm gonna just leave it right where I put my last Arizona hot take at a four. You've got to strike the perfect balance between outlandish and defensible, which is very hard to do. I'm gonna say it's less defensible, and I don't think the extra hotness was worth it uh, to 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 take away like the risk benefit ratio of the take. So I am putting uh, I'm gonna put that one at a five. Here's the thing, though. Hold on. I just want to say one thing about this one because, like, thinking about it now that you guys have said stuff, the Pacific Division isn't exactly, like, super strong right now, right? Like, Vegas came out on top. Like, there are lots of teams, like, in decline and kind of middling. Like, if they if they do well, they could top the Pacific potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Like, I like Anaheim, and I feel like they had a lot of injuries this year, which hurt them. But also, I guess, Getzlaff and Kessler like, and Perry, like they're getting older. Right. Here's and a hot I, take. I, I think the only team less likely to top the Pacific than Arizona next year is Vancouver. So that's, that's me saying I think Edmonton and Calgary and Vegas and the California teams are all more likely. Like, I, like not to say it's possible for all. Well, obviously, it's not possible for all of them. But like, if you were giving odds, I would have Arizona the second longest odds in the Pacific. 
Right. Let me ask you this. Where would you rank or all of you guys like where would you rank Ranta in terms of goalies from the Pacific Division that you want to own? Like, let's say Mike Smith versus Auntie Ranta. Who would you want like first next year? And maybe throw Cam Talbot in that ranking, like two guys that were better this year or like Talbot should like was drafted higher. Yeah, I'd want Talbot over those. I'd like to see like we need to see what Calgary and Edmonton do in their like. Calgary yeah. could have a coaching or unless I've missed something, the coaching situation's still up in the air. Edmonton doesn't seem like it's up in the air. Um, it's I a guess good question, I, Elon, like Ronta's probably going to deliver the better rate stats, but I, I don't know that he'll get more wins. Well, also we, like you said before, we got to see what Arizona does in the off season. Like with all this cap space, is it too crazy? I want to submit that as my hot take. John Tavares <laughs> is going to go to Arizona. I feel like that's a good hot take. I mean, those three goalies are pretty close. I'd probably go Ranta, but in terms of the Pacific, I'd still rather have Flurry, Gibson, Quick, mm. and Jones. So, yeah, yeah, not Jones. Though. <laughs> You'd rather Ranta than Jones. Jones was good this year. I'd rather have Ranta than Jones. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for um, more Goldsborg. Okay, so what are we doing here? In I'm terms thinking- of this, let me get back. Yeah, let's get back to this take. So, Alon, you've um, given it a four. We still need scores from the other two. I, I give will, it a five. I will again echo Elon's uh, score and go four uh, because uh, it, uh, it's still not that hot. I mean, top four that they're not even winning their division. Uh, maybe if he said they made the final four of all teams in the playoffs, maybe we're getting there, but. Also, I think you lose points if your hot take is similar to another hot take. Is how hot could it be if other people are sa- if four people are saying the same thing? Like I think a lot of Yotes fans. <laughs> so this is a very unlucky podcast. I'm noticing we got 13 hot takes in, and now we've got three hot takes that are tied for the lead with 13 points. Ah, huh. uh, yeah. What's going on here? Um, that said, okay, so that was Jared, and some people are listening to this. On Friday the thirteenth. Wow. Spooky. Um that said, this is their name, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jared Sparrow. Uh the next hot take is also Arizona gets more points than (laughs) Vegas next year. So this is where I like I, that. That's hot. That's yeah. fun. That's like I like that better than the other ones, just because it's more like uh, uh you it's apples and you're you're compare you have to compare two things. It, there's there are implications about both teams. It's that spicy you need to also. Measure. It's fun spicy. to say. It's like, ooh, I think this team's better than this team. You're like, what? No. But you're like top four. <laughs> like you have to do math in your head and figure out like, okay, wait, so Nashville would be one and Winnipeg. <laughs> Give me a, I know I said, I, I okay, I want to give it like a seven, but I am going to stand by the fact that I'm getting tired of these Arizona takes. So I'm going to make it a six. Okay. I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic take. Like it could be higher if Arizona was not so like no fault of the hot taker, but clearly Arizona is kind of like an easy hot take target. Here's a dirty little secret about the Vegas Golden Knights that um, people who hated me at the start of the year are going to hate me for sharing now. Uh, they were a below average expected goal differential team in uh, like the last month of the season. And since essentially February, they were no better than a league average expected goals differential. Uh, by the way, if you're not familiar with expected goals, which you should be, uh, you can learn more about it over at Corsica. It's just like it takes into context all the shots that are taken and how they're taken from where they're taken. 
uh, does some fancy statistical stuff and spits out a number about how many goals your general, your average NHL team would allow or score. And so the Golden Knights are not that great. Uh, like, did not look that as great over the second half as they did the first. And for that reason, I uh, I would be very excited. I would find that a very exciting thing to be happening. Also, we have no idea what Vegas looks like next year. Yeah? Okay. So you gave it a seven? Yeah. I'll stick with a six, but I do like it. It's my favorite take so far. Ooh, I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit. I'm going to stick with a four <laughs> uh, just because... I guess it's hot because just because how how good the Golden Knights did and how bad the Yotes were, but uh, it's not terribly hot because Brian mentioned how good they were in the back half of the season, and I also disagree with it. I think the Golden Knights are going to get better, a lot better this off season, and the Yotes. It's just we're just all assuming they're going to get better, but what have they done over the last five years? Every year they've everyone thought they were going to get better each year and it hasn't happened yet. So it's kind of hot. I've been, it's not terribly hot and I kind of don't agree with it, but four, four. For those that like don't understand how Vegas did what they did, can you guys explain the Vegas phenomena this year? Like how they were able to be competitive this season? I mean, I could try. I know what Brian has been saying. I've been trying to listen to him throughout the season. I know he's thrown out William Carlson's insane shooting percentage, which obviously helps them score a lot of goals. And I think that there's also, I think just the start of the season was so, so good. And it was, I guess, buoyed by some lucky percentages, but also they're just like a really like deep, strong team. And also Marc-Andre Fleury was so good. But even when he was injured, their goaltending was good. Like a lo- everything went right for them at the start of the year. And then even though they maybe didn't have as strong of a finish, the, you know, like their strong start just led them to be whatever it was, third in the conference but I think Brian's probably going to say something about high percentages, right? Along with like just good talented players. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I said at the start of the season. And then what I did was completely open up my mind to the fact that they potentially had higher percentages because they were playing a brand of offense and puck movement hockey that gave them an inordinate amount of chances on the rush and that they were converting on an inordinate amount of those. Um, But even if it was like a reasonable amount of those, they were still like, it was still impressive how many chances the golden Knights were generating. So I'm not like, and like their PDO through the year was yeah, super high at the start, but by mid December, it had pretty much become average. And then there were some wild spikes towards the end in March and April, but like I wouldn't say they were excessively lucky past November. Uh, Certain players were like William Carlson. Absolutely. I'll still put my name to that. Um, What's the take again? It's uh, just that Arizona is going to get more points than Vegas. Okay. But what am I responding? Oh, why Vegas? Vegas? Because like I looked at like how they dealt with Shipichev and Theodore at the beginning of the season. It was like, what are these guys doing? And like, they kept winning and like, it was just crazy. And by the end, it just seemed like they had some weird, like, money ball system thing going on that uh, maybe was explained statistically that I didn't quite understand. I I don't think there's anything, like, hugely uh, uncovered by the statistics. I mean, the Florida Panthers did them a huge favor by giving them Marcia So and Riley Smith, who turned out to be two pieces of a quality top line and, uh, and power play capable guys as well. 
I think the the Golden Knights, like, I don't think, like, my impression is not that they, like, (coughs) statisticked their way into being great. I think they might have done some good scouting. They found some huge weak spots on other teams, like a lot of blind spots from GMs who put up the wrong players, found some market inefficiencies, found some guys who never got tested the way they should have been, never got the opportunities, gave those guys the opportunities, and it worked out. Like, who thought Eric Halla could really uh, perform at, as a top six forward? We had seen spurts in Minnesota before, but he was never consistently asked to do the job, and all of a sudden, fantasy-relevant guy. Um, so I think there's a mix of dumb luck in there with, I'd like to think there's some scouting, but of course the argument being most frequently made about Vegas is that they are proof that the NHL's GMs are a joke. <laughs> also, by the way, to Dave's point before about how he thinks Vegas could get better next year, don't forget everyone was complimenting them. I remember at the time of the expansion draft and the draft, everyone was being like, oh, Vegas blew that expansion draft. What were they thinking? But, oh man, how well did they do in that draft? They got so many good prospects so i don't know if next year is the time when they start getting uh pay pay like you know whatever they get like value from those players but even if not also like chris is saying in the chat room here vegas also has a ton of cap space just like arizona so maybe even they could get john Tavares, is what chris said so there's a lot of a lot of stuff to see that happen in the offseason i like the take it's fun arizona's gonna be better than vegas it's like hot and it's like not the most likely but it's defensible for a number of reasons but also not like obvious for a number of reasons like brian just said so okay can we are we done with arizona yeah, yes, we are. So 17 total points. Chris Kane has the hottest take so far. Brian? Yeah, I'm just going to contextualize the, the cap space thing. Just I, I'm sure nobody cares all that much. But Arizona has $16 million in cap space. Uh, Vegas has like still amongst like the, the 10 most, the 10 largest cap rooms. I don't know if that, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, but it's still $10 million less of cap space compared to Arizona and Carolina has 15, 16 million somehow. How about that? Just real quick on the Knights. I think it's what uh, Bill Simmons refers to as the Patrick Ewing theory. Whenever a team loses their superstar and everyone thinks they're going to be terrible, but they, all the other players kind of rise up their game and play a lot better. That's I think what happened to the golden Knights. Like everyone thought they're going to be terrible and they had just kind of this us against the world mentality. And yeah, they just have a bunch of players that just, play hard, play fast, and crash the net. It's just really simple, but it works. It, it, it worked against the Kings yesterday in what looked like a very yeah. boring game. There was a really funny tweet that I saw that, uh, like, in the third period, it was one nothing. Then uh, at King Tufficult wrote, Kings looking solid on the board check. That, that really made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that said, uh, the next take is, Price will outperform quick in wins, save percentage, and goals against average next season. Uh, that's from Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's from somebody who just really enjoyed hearing us argue once and wants to hear us argue about it again. Like, I feel like great. It was a great take when Elon brought it up, but like, I'm assuming this person did not pull this one out of thin air. And just by coincidence, it's the one we had a spirited discussion about on. Which show was this, Elon? Last, like the last one, the last one of the season. Yeah. Oh, not the last one. Okay, two Sundays ago. No, two Sundays ago. Yeah. Okay, so say that again. Sorry. So price will be quick in what categories? 
wins, save percentage, and goals against average. This is what Brian is talking about where they get very granular when it's like a player statistic thing. And uh, I like them as well. But the team ones are a little refreshing, which is like Vegas is better than, you know, or, you know, Arizona is better than well, Vegas. Well, yeah, I'm going to give this one negative, po- not negative points overall, but I'm like <laughs> taking off points because it's like, that's three takes, right? It's like, which one? <laughs> like now all of a sudden you're making three takes here. That's the take. It's that he's going to be better than him in everything. I don't think you should take off points. They're just saying like there are three conditions to that take, which makes it a riskier proposition. I think that makes it hotter. But it's not fun. Like what the winner of the hot takeoff had a take that like both in goals and in and in assists and shots and pimp. Like you know, I feel like we gotta gotta get a hot take. A hot take also has to be fun to say. You gotta be like Coyotes greater than. Golden Knights, boom! Drop the mic. You know, like well, this one. How many? Well, if he are... says everything, some people might not know what everything is, so he had to spell it out. You should have just said like he's gonna have a better save percent. I don't know. Anyways, I'm still gonna give it a high score. I think it's good. Well, I don't know. Like, uh, it's tough because Carey Price it was like one of the top goalies drafted this year in all leagues, and he's been great forever. And then this year he was bad, but obviously Brian, the the expert on our fantasy hockey show, was saying he he already said he likes Carey Price better than Jonathan Quick for next year. But so, no expert on goalies, like sure. But I'm just saying, like it's not that hot if like you literally argued this point uh, on on an episode recently. So I mean, how hot can it be? I think the wins one. If you would have just said wins, I think that would be hotter because I think like a lot of people probably think that Carey Price has it in him to have better rate stats. He should be one of the top rate stats goalies. If, if you look at his numbers from almost any other season, aside from last season, the wins one is interesting, but it's all muddled together. So I can't even just give a higher score because of the wins. So give me, give me a three. Ooh. No, two, two. I'm going to. I'm taking off major points for this having already been discussed too. I, I apologize if that's not the fault of the the hot oh. taker did i mean, my hot take? the joke of it all was that he's submitting it to like reaffirm his yeah. side of the argument this is a good lols take i appreciate this take mm-hmm. we're having fun <laughs> with it but you can't win you can't win with that and also i win my hot take that brian was going to apologize again he just did he apologized <laughs> for uh giving a low score yeah yeah so uh i don't know like two i'm just gonna go two yeah like it's, it's a reasonable take but but covered yeah, I'm also going to go with a two here. I don't think it's very hot because you're saying that the best goaltender a couple of years ago is going to just regain his form. That's not very uh, crazy. To Elon, <laughs> that's super hot, though. It's not super hot. I, I thought I was saying a hot take by saying quick is better and you should keep quick. You're yeah, right. That it, is I, the hot take. I think no, it I, would be hotter, yeah. But and so yeah, like Elon said, the hottest thing would be to say yeah, the Canadians are going to win more than the Kings next year, and so it's not that hot. And I kind of don't agree with it. So yeah, too. Also, by the way, I, I should take that back. I I did, I wasn't trying to give a hot take on the last show. Like I think Quick versus Price for next year is going to be clo- like I think it's an interesting debate. I would in this the question that we discussed. Remember was whether you should keep Quick or Price. And one of my big arguments for keeping Quick was because I bet you you could draft Price at a discount. And quick, we've seen another great game yesterday, by the way. I know, like, I don't know how much Brian would need to see. Like, obviously, no matter how good quick does in the playoffs, it's not going to change his mind. And for good reason, you need a bigger sample size. But I would still prefer quick over price. But I don't mean that as like a hot take. I think it's like I could understand why people would want Carey Price. I actually think it's an excellent hot take, Elon. So no, I, I don't know why you're trying to say it's not a hot take. It is a no, hot take. 
No, I think you're almost insulting the idea by calling it a hot take by you're saying it's so like uh like unconventional and weird. Like I think it's actually a very reasonable opinion. That's Elon not hot at giving, all. Elon was kind of giving it from like a fantasy keeper perspective as opposed to like actual real life goalie stats kind of. No, but either way, I think there's a very reasonable chance that Jonathan Quick will be better than Carey Price next year. Like I don't think this is a hot take. I think that you could make arguments either way, and I don't think either one makes me go, "Whoa!" Like, how, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I quick, think they're, I think they're close enough that it's silly that you guys argued about it for as much as you did. If we felt like arguing about it for that long, that must mean it's very close. Mm-hmm. So, Something quick is really good, and also I feel like Brian still is like big on this, like he's average. When I think his numbers have been above average. Anyway, it's like arguing bit. about if a guy's going to get 60 or 55 points. Yeah, yeah. Which, it, by the way, that's I liked on Dave or Brian. I don't know if you saw this. Dave and I, in an early patron cast at the start of the season, that he was on without you, and he and I made a bunch of bets. And Dave won like all of them by one point, it seemed like. Like, you know, no, we'd be I, like, oh, I destroyed. Yeah, you I did. I, I saw that post on our patrons only Facebook group. By the way, like, I like this is a patron cast that we're releasing to the world. Elon, part of the purpose is to like demonstrate how much fun it is to be a patron. And we definitely by now should have like told people that they can be a patron for like a buck a month for the summer up until we get uh, rolling for the 1819 fantasy hockey season. Yeah. So uh, Patreon or keepingcarlson.com slash patron. If you want this there next month too. And a fun thing is on our Facebook group, Dave every day is hosting a poll where we're going to rank all of the players for next season. And we've already done two. McDavid came first, and I guess it was Kucherov that came second. And now we're voting for the third overall for value. There, you have to go look at the post. It explains like what are the categories and how it's all working. But it's fun. Fun way to go through. The, we're going to do this every day for the whole summer until we have like a ranking of like 150, 200 players. Okay. And I'm going to keep putting Line A there until he gets picked. Yeah, Line, line A for, what was it? Second or third Second. is pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> that was my hot take of the week. Um, that said, uh, that was Ray uh, Niddle, Kniddle. Anyway. Uh, so, oh, a couple winner. Yeah. The next hot take is that Jack Eichel will be become a Band-Aid boy, never playing a full 82 games and never breaking 80 points. Oh, that's so sad. Mm. That's like a sad take. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's like, I mean, so far, so good. Like, so far, he's got it right. It's only been a couple seasons. Like, you know, Barkov, by the way, this year, a lot of people, I think myself included, were like, I was like, you know, I'm a little nervous about drafting Barkov too high because he gets injured every year. And this year, he finally made it all the way until what? The last game, right? He got injured in the last game, was yeah, it? He did, so. he did very well for himself. You did think he was, and I insisted that he wasn't. And I'm going to say the same thing about Jack Eichel. I, I don't think there's enough data here to think that it's going to be true like an injury history it's like a real crapshoot until like there's something recurring um forgive me if i'm wrong but he's sprained two different ankles is that his injury history uh john is nodding i definitely don't have that i think it's two separate injuries yes okay i'm gonna try and verify this as we go so like you know my general rule of thumb is like if they're different injuries, like to different parts of the body, um, like I, Taylor Hall was the one guy I would accept that argument that like the style he plays just ends with him getting banged up too often. And so like, and that's one of the reasons his fancy value was not as high as it should be. 
um, because in the earlier part of his career, he played 65 games, 61 games, played a couple mostly full seasons, then 53 games. Like the last three seasons, he's missed a combined uh, 16 games. Who? So, Are like, you talking about Taylor Hall or Eichel? No, I'm talking about Taylor Hall, who early in his career had a Band-Aid boy rap. Right, yeah, yeah. Has and beaten I, it, and I see the same thing coming for Jack Eichel, which is why I'm giving this take a four. Like I just see four. no reason to think <laughs> that score. Jack Eichel is going to keep getting injured recurringly. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm surprised you're giving it such a high score. Uh, John, can you tell me that again? That like, what's the full take here? He's a Band-Aid boy, and he's never going to do what? He'll never play a full 82 and never break 80 points. I okay. like a lot. Yeah, like I think. Not not only it's kind of two parter like one he's never going to play a full season and two he's never going to score eighty points. I think never going to score eighty points is the hotter take because he can easily like miss like ten games and I think he could still get the eighty points pretty easily. Um, but yeah, I kind of disagree with the notion in general band aid boys and just just the fact that you should never draft someone because of injury history. That's always been my strategy. I love picking up injury prone or band aid boy players in the drafts at a bargain. You know, look at this great. Malkin, Latang, even though Latang didn't have a great season, he played the full full year pretty much. Uh, even Crosby at one point, Barkov. It goes Laner okay, last year, yeah, right. It goes on and on. So uh, I'm I'm I, I love that people keep considering this as a reason not to draft him because I love getting him out of value. But I don't think that that's a thing. I think it is pretty hot though. Never going to get 80 points or play a full season. I'm going to give it a six. Oh boy. Uh, by the way, Brian, uh, you got Malkin probably at a discount because people are worried about his injuries and you won your couple division. I got Barkov. I won my couple division. I think it's a good strategy to uh, go for these guys that people are worried about the injuries. Maybe next year, Tarasenko is that guy who you're going to be able to get at a discount. He's just had a surgery and he's going to maybe he'll probably be fine for a training camp because it's a long time until then, but I know people are a bit worried about him and also he had a bit of a down year for sure. Okay, uh, okay. Also like zero injury history. So what's the top score right now, John? So right now, so what were your guys' scores, Brian and uh, Elon? I, I gave it a four. Like, I, I think it's a, like, it's a reasonable, like, it's a hot take. Like, I like the hotness of it. I like, I like its aspiration, but uh, okay. not, I was a- not defensible. I was actually uh, asking what you uh, the top score was just to make sure I didn't make this the winner. Oh, uh, <laughs> the top score is seven. So you'd have to give this a seven or an eight to tie oh, okay. or beat it. I well, Dave gave it a six. Yes, uh, I, I'm gonna give it a one. I don't know. I don't like what? it. What? Like he's what is he like? 21 years old. Like I mean, he's never but gonna play a full season. He's got so long. It's a little hot though. You gotta get a couple of points for being hot. I guess it is pretty hot. All right, three. <laughs> like I no, I don't. I mean, also Lucky I just don't thirteen. Like it. It's also not nice. Like I don't want to put bad juju. <laughs> On Eichel, and then someone will have to like burn a Sabres flag or something to save him. <laughs> oh God! Uh, yeah, no, I like I see where you're all coming from. It's hot, but I don't know. Like you would hope that he's going to play an 82 season again. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's ridiculous to say he's never going to get 80 points. I, I don't think that's very defensible. 
Well, I'm sure Ian, our patron, well, doesn't think he's ever going to get 80 <laughs> points. He I don't think Ian would say that. I think Ian would say he might get 80 points, but there will be like 300 goals scored against him. So that like they're worth nothing <laughs> to his team. Right. Well, maybe. An, uh, how about this for an interesting take? I'm not submitting this. I don't think any of the ones I've said I'm submitting, I actually got them submitted <laughs> because you guys didn't score them. But uh, what about like Eichel will like never... I don't know. What can you say? Something like he'll never like take his team to the playoffs. He will, yeah. uh, Jack Eichel will never play in a playoff game. That would be a crazy take, right? That would be a great. Like that would that would be a high ranking take. Or at least like maybe that's like too strong because he's going to become a UFA eventually, and he could sign anywhere he wants. And then yeah, and he'll sign for a team, and they'll fail too. (laughs) I would say if if you were to say like Eichel won't make the like the Blackhawks or the Sabers won't make the playoffs for the next five years. That would be, I think, a pretty good hot take. I think I would give that a decent hot score. I don't score. think that'd be I a good take I would give a higher score to Eichel not making the playoffs and the Sabres. Okay, okay, okay. No more proposing your own hot take. <laughs> that, like, that's an eight. <laughs> Totally I, a nine. Oh, Brian and I just won the hot takeoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My gourd. And Brian and I can have dinner together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was Joe Lombardi. Uh, let's, let's move on to the second... Uh, second half of this uh, podcast and uh, get it more toward the namesake. So the next hot take is that Eric Carlson is the third best Carlson going into <laughs> hockey drafts next season in a multi-cat league, including plus minus blocks and face-off wins. Negative 300. Wait, who's number two? Like, okay. so John, I, we'll... I think John Carlson is the other one. Yes, he picked us. Oh, Carlson. I was like, Melker? What? Yeah, yeah I was wondering right? which Mel- Yeah. Melk is prime for a William like breakout. <laughs> yeah, he is. Should we have a John division in the Cupful? Like we had like team names for all the different Carlsons, like Melker and Ludwig, but like Ludwig isn't even a player anymore. And Jacob F for <laughs> if back. we need to reach, then we can have a John division. <laughs> okay, uh, that's a good take. I think it's hot, but it's also like, come on, no, no. no. Uh, no, this is like this is a straight up zero for me. Uh, you can't even <laughs> give zero. One is the minimum. I, I am giving. Well, my first score was negative three hundred, so I think I'm being <laughs> generous with a zero. I'll give it a three. I feel like there's something there. Like it's fun. It's a fun take. But uh, and like you know, I mean, Eric, but Eric Carlson was so good. Like Eric Carlson, I think might have been the best Carlson this year like i guess william carlson was so good but the end of the season when it counted william carlson was also good but like eric carlson ended up being one of the top defensemen in terms of points per game and he did block shots like he's he's good in multi-category leagues and like he'll uh, be even better next year because he'll be farther away from this injury so uh come on no okay three two or three doesn't matter they're block shots and hits were reasonably close like carlson sorry (laughs) john carlson uh took 40 more shots in 11 more games so like you probably shot at a higher rate also um, there's a problem with john carlson because he's a ufa this summer and yeah. if he doesn't go back to washington then he i don't know like he's not guaranteed to be the top power play defenseman on every team so uh i would be very nervous about john carlson next year if i had him in a keeper league that i was depending on him i feel like i would try to trade him now just in case he even though if he's smart like for his career, he should try to resign with a team that would let him be the top power play defenseman. I guess he probably will, right? If if he, yeah, well, I mean, it depends what he's looking for. I don't know. Uh, like his the biggest thing that he had over Eric Carlson this year 
was plus minus. Eric, everyone had something on Eric Carlson and plus minus. Eric was a minus 25. John was even. Um, so yeah, a potential team change for John does affect that. A potential team change for Eric affects that too. Uh, it, how about this hot take? William will be the third most valuable Carlson next year. Uh, that's a good one. I'll give it a four. Thanks. But- <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Dave, what's your what's your take on this take? Yeah, this is definitely just one of those takes that are hot just for the sake of trying to be have a hot take, like saying like uh, Tom Wilson's going to lead the league in scoring next year, like <laughs> just trying to be like outrageous. I don't um, think it's 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 not as outrageous. <laughs> uh, let no, Dave not, go. Let him go. Yeah, right. not not as like saying yeah, like a fourth liner is going to lead the league or something like that, but. Uh, no, I, I can understand. I mean, obviously, Willie Carlson's great and John Carlson's good, but no one touches EK. Um, so I'm going to give this a two. Oof. EK the 65. New, the new low hot take with a, a five. Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy, Gale. Uh, Jeremy knew what he was getting into when he had an insult. <laughs> Elon, are you wearing you're wearing your Eric Carlson hat no. tonight? I'm not. I'm just wearing my regular sense hat. Oh. I don't like to wear a red a, hat with a, a troll pick. Yeah. I don't like wearing a red hat with a blue shirt. I think it's kind of lame. Like I'm not like a a flag or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so you're not a Montreal Expo. <laughs> yeah, I don't like putting up so many oh, colors at once. You're not a you're not a Toronto Blue Jay playing on Canada Day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break from hot takes for just a second. Ooh, and sponsor? Brad Jansen is following up his hot take. Flaming hot cheetos. Oh, actually, we should mention a sponsor. No, we don't have a sponsor. The sponsor for this episode is the patrons of Keeping Carlson for supporting this podcast. Thank yeah, you but so we don't much. have one this Sunday. And we have, well. We don't have a show this Sunday. I. That's what I, Yeah. But if you take a look at what I schedule... Oh, God. Brian, this is a bonus episode for the patrons. We're not throwing in a sponsor. Grab a seat. There we go. All right. Rolling off. Yeah. See, you can Check check them out. (laughs) So last hot takeoff, Brad had us uh, create a... What was it? A fantasy-relevant line of only Carlson's or something uh, John, like I, he had like a thing. Oh, it's Connor, Connors and Carlson. Connors and Carlson. No, I thought it was Connors and Ryan's. Sure. We'll go it's with that. Connors and Carlson's Brian's just being annoying this year. He says, can you make an NHL lineup using only three initial players? What does that mean? So like, I'll give you one like JVR like OV OEL on defense, right? Okay. So we have JVR. OEL. They're not uh, on a line. Wait, CMD? That's how I think your own lineup right. using only three letter players. Oh, only three letter players. Like you would refer to typically like as a three letter or three name, you know, type player. So are we taking turns on this or are we just going to Yeah, kinda... yeah, you can take turns or throw them out there. So like left wings, you've got uh, OEL on defense, JVR, uh, what, what? Is he a right winger? Left, right I think he's left wing. Yeah. What about Ovi? Does Ovi count? No. I like that one, but it's not on his list. ROR? Oh, R-O-R. good one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, he's the center right now. I like Ovi. I always call him Ovi. O-V-I. No, that's not the that's not the point. His initials are not O-V-I. His is name game, is not Olaf is, Victor Ingersoll. Is the, so, he, he, said three, 
He said John said three letter names. He didn't say uh acronyms. three initial players. Oh, three three initial. initial players. PK All right. PK PKS. That's oh a good my one. God. This is just I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. I'll put you out of your misery because I also didn't agree with his, his The Sebastian Ajos should be three initial players. J- JTM, JT Miller. Like whatever Sebastian's middle name is, like the Carolina Sebastian Ajo, I'll take that guy on this team. <laughs> that guy. Um, so his list was uh so Ryan Nugent Hopkins at center, OEL oh. defenseman. Uh, JVR is an extra. Now, help me figure out <laughs> some of these. Oh, these are easy. Sorry, I read this on take and went back to him and was like, can you tell me like who uh-huh. DSP is? Devante Sospelli, dude. Sure, Huge. okay. We mention him on the podcast all the time. Sure, PLD. PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Hey, you got it. I was confused with those two. I was very much like Marc-Andre Fleury. So I don't know. I thought it was fun to get another similar make a lineup question, but I... uh thought it was more of a mini game than a hot take all right i'm gonna go ror with pld and jvr no sorry jvr and rnh uh oel and pld can play defense and maf in net why is pls on defense well, no one calls him that. So there's I guess no I'm PKS. Not. PKS MD- doesn't exist. But there's MDZ. I'd rather do MDZ rather than having PLD on defense. I don't know. I'd rather <laughs> run about, uh, four forwards, one defenseman. MEZ or MEV, Mark Edward Vlasic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brian, you have to pick a defenseman. You can't just put forwards on defense. No, we have a permanent power play. We're going to crush everyone. This team's going to lose all the time. They're going to let in so many goals. <laughs> if JVR needs to play defense instead, uh, maybe he can get some... Oh, what about Trevor Van Riemsdyk? TVR. I'd rather... JVR and TVR. I think TJB. I'd rather... TJ Brody. I'd rather have Mark Edward Vlasic than Trevor Van Riemsdyk on defense. Also true. Hot take? I'm, no. I would rather have James Van Riemsdyk spend a month with his brother learning how to play defense, and then he plays defense. That's all, that's all it takes. Just hang out with your brother and he teaches how how do you play defense you know that jvr hangs out with professional hockey players all the time he can ask morgan riley he doesn't have have to hang out with his brother (laughs) so yeah but tvr would be like a a healthy scratch like he'd be in the press box he'd be available to the team and jvr jvr is not available he's playing all right let's go let's go hot takes okay hot takes uh the next hot take wait just uh, just for context how many do we have left um, 9, 10, 11, 12, 5. <laughs> how is that for context? Like, well, I just want to know how to pace myself here. Yeah, it's not for context. It's so that you can know when you go to go to bed. <laughs> just for context, you mean like you're gonna, it's going to adjust your scoring or something. Uh, well, it's going to adjust how long I talk about each take. I think that's re- like, why are we arguing about this? <laughs> I don't know. We're not, after this, we're not going to do a podcast for a while. So we need to just get it all out. Get it all out. <laughs> uh, the next I'll take, the first part, interesting. Second part, don't know. Uh, Kessel will remain the league leader in power play points next season and will outscore both Sidney Crosby and Malkin. He did not specify he will outscore them on the power play. So I took that as just outscoring them in general. Which Well, if he's going to lead the league in power play points, I would assume that he's going to do better than Malkin Other people. Crosby. Yeah. So it must right. mean... So it's like two completely separate hot takes. Kessel's going to be top at power play points, and separately, he's going to outscore, what was it, Crosby and who? Malkin? And Malkin. 
I wouldn't I mean, say that they're, they're too separate. Like, I, th- I think that's just fine. Like, he is going to outscore Crosby and Malkin by virtue of leading the league in power play. Like, this is, this is the backup. Uh, I, Brian, you're being generous. I, I feel like I, I don't want our hot takeoff winner to be one of these, like, amalgam <laughs> compound takes. You are just, you're, you're not, you are constantly just trying to think of who's going to win. Like, you're not, like, there's no true rating coming from you. Yeah, I agree. I think you need to like like zoom in on the take, consider it in a vacuum, give it a rating. Okay, well, I don't like, like takes that are compounds, but fine. <laughs> All right, l- let's zoom in here. Kessel is going to lead the league in power play points. He did that this year, so that's not so hot. And then he's going to outscore Crosby and Malkin. That's, that's a good take. If that was the only take, I would give us a higher score. Um... Uh, but it's good. And also Malkin is and Crosby maybe are uh tend to get injured more often, though it's been a while now since Crosby got injured. Uh I think it's a reasonable take. It's reasonable hotness. I don't don't love the compound. So I'm gonna do another four. I feel like I've been doing fours a lot, but I'll go, I'll do another four. Your average is actually three point three at the moment. Uh, yeah, John, you. I was I was gonna ask like if you're keeping track of like who's the most gen like how many points have been awarded by each person i was just calculating each of your averages elon is very stingy I, i'm waiting for something to blow my socks off <laughs> you just like are like i don't want this to win so <laughs> so whatever it takes to keep yeah it. i want the one i like the best to win that's how it works that's a contest. Well, no it works that uh, i'm a judge of a contest uh, okay um, so what was your score on this one four Dylan? four so Phil Kessel leading the league. Dave, you go. I want to do a little more research. Sure. I like this take probably my favorite one yet. I think I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's pretty hot. And obviously saying that you're out going to point Malkin and Crosby. And especially being on the power play, he's probably in, if you watched our power play, he's probably in always one of the best positions on the wing there to get a point on the power play. And just that he's going to outpace them. Yeah, it's always possible that Crosby's going to get injured or Malkin's going to get injured. Not to get into a Band-Aid boy argument and for either of them, but he's much more likely to stay healthy than both of them, I guess you can say. And so, yeah, seven. Yeah, and also, to yeah. be fair, even without injuries, Kessel had 92 points this season. And what did Crosby have? Crosby had 89, and Crosby played the full season. So Kessel outscored Crosby this year, and Malkin had 98 to Kessel's 92. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it, it almost happened this year. So that's why I'm just saying it's not as hot, but it's it's a good take. Kessel, we should definitely take this. I guess Brian's research is going to point to this. Like, this was such an amazing season for Phil Kessel. I'd imagine 92 points. That's got to be a career high, right? Uh, you don't def- you definitely don't need to throw to me to find that out. <laughs> okay, I got it right in front of me. Career high. Before that, his best ever was 82 points in 82 games for the Leafs. So he blew that out of the water. 92 points. Here's the thing, though. is If, if you told me that Kessel outscored Crosby and came close to Malkin this season, I would have not believed you without like actually knowing like the statistics behind it. So like... I feel like that still means like the hot, the hotness of the take should still be up there. You know what I, I mean? Like you just said yeah. it, like you'd be like, oh, there's no way Kessel's gonna outscore Malkin and Crosby. I mean, that's crazy, but then it isn't crazy. I don't know. That's to me like kind of the. Dispute. I think it's especially 
hot, especially when you speak of because power plays are kind of even because they're all playing together. And then on even strength, Kessel's third line, so he's probably not. <laughs> the right. lines are pretty even, but just the fact that he's third line and uh, Malkin's second and Crosby's one, so he might not be getting as much ice time. All right, you know what? You've convinced me, guys. Five. wow i'm gonna suggest a more impactful frame for this take which is that phil kessel will be the most valuable penguin to own in fantasy hockey Mm, and he has right wing compared to do you agree that that's still in the spirit of the take like that's how i want to rate it i think so and also shots on goal kessel 261 is that that must be higher than crosby and malkin i gotta check that out um, Crosby yeah, had like 247 and Crosby. Malkin had 239. So there you go. Kessel is already better in power play points and in shots. And he's very close in points to Malkin and beat Crosby. Uh, if he could do it again next year, Brian, so tell us now with all this time you've had to research, do you think Kessel could do this again next year? Yeah. So as we pointed out through the year, every time we like visited Phil Kessel and like, gawked at his amazing numbers and then was like like our follow-up was always and it actually kind of looks sustainable and sure enough it was he kept it up all year long which is amazing um and i'm looking like now that the season's done looking at any real indications that like this is not gonna happen again honestly the the biggest one i see is that he is 30 years old and he'll be 31 at the start of next season. So we're just looking at a guy who's another year older. But so are but, Crosby and Malkin. But also, that's right. like younger than a lot of people would think, you know, just because yeah. he's been around so long. And like his hairline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and like, so like I'm looking, if, if I wanted to nitpick, I could say that uh, the, uh, like his shooting percentage on the power play was a little high. Um, but since becoming a Penguin in three seasons, uh, he was snake bitten his first year with the Penguins, but the last two, he's had a 14% and a 17.5% shooting percentage on the power play, which sounds high, and it is, but like on a power play for a sharpshooter, uh, it's not totally unreasonable. His last couple of years in Toronto were around 10 or 11, but the years before that were in this neighborhood. I see this, and like Pittsburgh is a team that loads up that top power play too. Of course, Crosby and Malkin are still going to get points here. Um, like, so Kessel isn't going to run away. Like Crosby had just four fewer power play points this year. Uh, I love it. I like the take a lot. I do. Where am I going to rank it? I'm not going to be like Elon. I'm not going to think of, of where this is, where I'm going, what territory my number is going to push it into. I'm going to give it also positional eligibility. Uh, like that, my, that that helps my reframing, but I should treat the take as it was given, which is Kessel will remain the league leader. Yeah, I think and, you bring position eligibility kind of makes you critique your own way of framing yeah. the question. Yeah, um, I, I also to look into this, to, I, I went to see who were recent league leaders in power play points and where, like, were they able to keep it up? Backstrom. And you have guys. Like Claude Giroux being like remarkably consistent up there. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to like quickly glean this info. Like Sidney right. Crosby has been up there a couple times, but not necessarily consecutive years. Is it always I, Nicholas Backstrom that's on the top? That's one of the top power play guys. Yeah, yeah, but not not uh, this year. 
like, sorry, I'm, I'm going to try and answer your question live here. Um, yeah, not this year, only 26 power play points, but the year before 35, the year 30, the year before 33, the year before that 44, which is as big as year. So essentially like you need a lot. Um, I don't see it happening that often where players are going back to back. And I don't think I'm going to read a whole lot into that either because I don't see a whole lot changing in Pittsburgh. So for that reason, uh, I like the take. I think it's reasonable to think. I think everyone was like, wow, Phil Kessel leads the league in power play points saying it's going to happen again. I like it. It's the right amount of risk. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Oh, that's it. Feels like a winner. I'm up to eight. (laughs) Wait, no round down to seven. Okay. I'll round down to seven. Uh, That is a 19, which puts it in the league. League. Uh, And the uh, submission was by Aldo Campadonico. Thanks, Aldo. Way to go, Aldo, in the lead. I'm happier with this take now. After you guys have talked about it, after after I was uh, reasonably shamed, I agree. It is a very good take. (laughs) I like also John's point that I can't just look at the numbers now. I had to look it up to like remind myself how good Kessel's year was. And it is pretty crazy to think that Kessel is there amongst Crosby and Malkin. Cause you go to drafts next year. I'm yes. sure in almost all leagues, Malkin and Crosby will be drafted ahead of Kessel. And now this is, and that's even before thinking about position eligibility. So I think it's very interesting and probably the smart move to consider going with Kessel at a lower pick. Or trying to get both. Well, yeah. yeah. And again, especially on the power play, he really like, like cemented his spot in kind of that OV position uh, where the sniper just kind of chills out there and picks the spots. And so obviously OV does it every year. So I think Kessel could too. So the next hot take is that. I'm just going to say, sorry, sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Uh, Idea for next hot takeoff scores are kept confidential until the end. Why? We're having fun. I'm just for no, I'm like, you're gaming the score. What do you, calm down, Brian. Or, or next time, like we would have to get the takes in advance, submit them to John without hearing like what the other person like says beforehand. How about let's not in the middle of a podcast start talking about how the podcast isn't good and like <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Inviting bad feedback. I'm oh, yes. fine. This sucked. We're always open to criticism. Who said that? You're so sensitive. Yeah, having a good time here. You're you're. You're putting, you're ruining my vibe. Harshing the buzz. Uh, (laughs) So Crawford and Shattenkirk will be underrated because people will be wary of their injuries, much like Quick and Stamkos this year. Brian, what do you say to this one? I think Shattenkirk's going to be underrated because the Rangers kind of stink. Although they have replaced Rick Nash with Ilya Kovalchuk, which is probably a net gain on their part. Wait, what? Uh, What did I miss? What did I miss? Rangers signed Kovalchuk? Yeah, is that official? That's not official. That's a rumor. It's it's like an official rumor. <laughs> okay, well, don't say it as if it happened. Okay. Um, well, I just did, and I'm going like, to continue <laughs> oh, to base my take upon that. Um, similarly, Corey Crawford should not be penalized for his injury, but he should be penalized for playing for Chicago, although like he did... <laughs> carry that team and he proved himself capable although like his injury seems kind of scary so he actually is someone like he's had a lot of i don't know is it still concussion symptoms or is it post-concussion by now and i think vertigo was in the mix i don't know if that was just like sort of like leaked out and then actually not vertigo it's been hard to get a read exactly on what's happened like there's been a lot of 
little bits and pieces coming out at different times. Um, so I think Crawford will be a great steal as long as he's healthy, but I don't know that that makes him underrated. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's an interesting take because it really goes like, what does underrated mean? Like definitely they're going to be valued lower than they were valued going into this year. I think but, that's what it means. I, 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 well, but I think underrated really... to mean available later in the draft. Okay. Well then it's a one. If, th- if you're saying that, then it's a one. Cause like, obviously, right. Like they both disappointed their owners this year, but I don't want to give it a one because I think that's not fair. I think underrated implies that they're going to be undervalued and it'll be wrong. Like people will be wrong. To, like they're going to be valued lower than they were going into this year. And people are going to be wrong about it. I think that's what underrated means. Like, like people are going like, so, you know, you have to, you get, you get what I'm saying? The distinction. Yeah. Like, but So you think Shattenkirk deserves to be valued lower next year? I think Shattenkirk is going to get like, I think it, he will be, I'm not saying he deserves to be. I'm just saying, first of all, if the take is only Shattenkirk's going to get drafted later this year, than he was drafted last year then it's an obvious, like I could tell you that right now, hundred percent guarantee that's going to happen. So especially because he also, by the way, like slumped before he got injured and Crawford also like, just like Jonathan quick got drafted this year, a lot later than he was drafted the previous year. Cause he was injured for most of it. But I think okay. the interest, anyways, all that to say, maybe, I, maybe I've framed it wrong though. Maybe it should be that they've outperformed that underrated means outperform their, their draft positions. Yeah, exactly. Like I think underrated means that they're going to be better. Like people are going to like at this time next year, people are going to be like, I can't believe I got Shattenkirk so late and look how great he was for me. And I think that's good. I, I like this take for both of them. I think it's good advice. I think it's like not the hottest because I'm pretty sure we said it about Shattenkirk on a recent episode, uh, which I mean, but hey, you know, we are the hottest podcast out there. So it makes sense that hot takes are going to come from us. It's also two players, which I know Brian doesn't like when I start getting into the nitpicking of the makeup of the, the compound takes here. But uh, I'm going to give it uh, five. I don't know. Maybe I know I'm 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 sealing myself. Like I keep on not being willing to break five, and I apologize. But uh, I think it's good. I like it. Like I think that those are both players you should be earmarking. I like Crawford a lot. I think goalies in general, as we've talked about many times, you like people are going to be rushing to get whoever was the best goalies last season. So I'm sure like Vasilevsky and Hellebuck and you know people like that, they're going to be going like super early in drafts. And I feel like someone like Crawford is going to fall. Like even Jonathan Quick, you know, people will be going for, especially if he does well in the playoffs, Marc-Andre Fleury. And I'd rather wait and get Corey Crawford, get good value, don't waste a high pick on him. And I think he's just as likely to be as good as any of these other guys. So I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I agree with the context that you're saying there, Elon. Like, I I agree with it. And yeah, they're going to be underrated. And, and you should probably look to get them lower than what they'd actually normally be valued at had they not gotten injured this year. But it's not that hot. I think any smart fantasy hockey player is going to realize that. Like, I think like in tier one for the cupful, for example, I think they're going to go at about what they probably should go at. And that would be to say a little bit higher than maybe you would in like your hometown league or something like that. I think it would be a little bit hotter to maybe say like they're each going to be top five school or in their position or top 10 or something like that. Not just in general, say that they're going to be underrated because I think that goes without saying. Uh, so I'll give it a four. Brian, you're muted, by the way. So you might want to unmute yourself before you talk. By the way, guys, this is what's all about. This is what Patreon are all about. Live shows, <laughs> no planning, looking things up. This is raw. 
This is what you get every month. X, X, X. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Brian's going to give us some really uh, not safe for work right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's hard to come in from that. So, wait, what uh, score did Dave give? Four. Four. Okay. What was the tail end of the take, John? Much like Stamkos and Quick this year. So essentially, they'll be picked up a little lower than maybe they should be picked up because people are either scared or not looking at the data correctly. Right. Uh, Yeah, like, honestly, I have legitimate concerns about Corey Crawford. I'm not, like, different than what I would have had about Stamkos and Quick. So if I didn't, I I would have rated this probably a six. But because I I do, like, I'm concerned that he didn't come back. I'm concerned that Chicago doesn't necessarily seem to know what the deal is with him. I'm concerned that he plays for uh, what's become a pretty terrible hockey club. Um, So I'm going to put it down to a five. Okay. So, Alon, this was yours, wasn't it? Oh, oops, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) So he submitted this and said, take the average of the other two. And then he jumped in and started like debating. So I went to my email and I was like, is this really from Milan or is it? I forgot <laughs> I mailed this in. I don't know. Oh, I, I didn't know we were allowed to do that. You I gave your right. own hot take of five. <laughs> <laughs> I said it wasn't that hot. I love that you like, and you really discussed it. So no, I honestly weird. forgot. I forgot. Like you I... never, like you were considering this for the first time. I mean, we, I mean, I'm in the Facebook group. We're chatting about stuff all the time. I like, there's so many discussions. I can't remember what's mine. What's yours. Can I change my score? (laughs) So did I win? No, you know, you, you didn't win that round, but it's okay. Cause you know, you would just get to keep your own stuff anyway. Um, So (laughs) that was hilarious. The next hot take is Grubauer resigns in Washington, making Holtby available for trade. I think this is essentially saying Washington's going to take Grubauer and trade Holtby uh, if you were to break it down. But yes, that is what the hot take said. This is terrible. It's not even <laughs> saying that Holtby is gonna be traded. It just says Holtby <laughs> is available for trade. So I mean, yeah, I I agree, but that's just a really bad takes like two. Uh, I disagree. I, I actually like the take. Like, oh, whatever. Like, the wording might be, like, not, you know, like, whatever. Let's, like, reframe, like Brian did with the last one. Be like, Grubauer is going to be the starting goalie on Washington next year. And Holby, I guess, whatever, is the backup or he gets traded or something. But I don't think it's going to happen, actually. I, I could even see Holby um, taking back the job at some point, even in these playoffs. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a hot take or just a regular <laughs> opinion. Like, or we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's fun. And I, but I do think Holby's had a great career and I don't think, and he was good at the start of the season. Like I feel, or like, yeah, I just don't feel like Washington's just going to completely give up on him now. If anything, maybe they would go to a tandem for a while and let him, let him have another year to let it shake out. It seems like that would be very rash to just like give up on Holby. I mean, I guess it depends who they could get for him. If they could get a huge, uh, big haul, like picks and great players for Braden Holby and they still have Grubauer who's a decent goalie, then maybe it's worthwhile. But I, I just don't see it happening. So I'm, I don't want to give this a high score. I really want to give someone a really high score, but it's not going to be this one just because I really don't see it happening. So I'm going to give it a four. So there's a, there's a goalie prospect in the Washington system who has one of the most 
frustrating names in hockey. Uh, it's Phoenix Copley, uh, but Copley is spelled like Copley and Phoenix is spelled wrong. <laughs> so uh, like, so, so he's been a guy who was supposed to apparently be the backup this year, but Grubauer hung around and like, remember he was, that wasn't really supposed to happen. Like we thought Grubauer was finished in Washington. Yeah. We thought he would be the backup goalie on Vegas. Yeah. And then they ended up like taking Picard as their backup. And then lucky for them, they ended up getting Malcolm Subban in a trade. And, but yeah, Nate Schmidt ended up like, I think Washington wasn't happy with how that summer went. I don't know if now, you know, now that they have Grubauer starting, maybe they've reassessed how they felt about it. I think at the time they were hoping to lose Grubauer and, and keep Nate Schmidt. Yeah, they're probably still happy to have Grubauer given how the season's gone. Uh, Holtby's only signed for two more years at 6.1. So, like, he is, he does have a no trade clause. Uh, it's a modified no trade clause. Uh, there are seven teams to which he can't be traded, thanks to Cap Friendly for that info. Um, so, uh, like, where am I going with this? I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, is there room for Philip Grubauer to actually hang around in the Caps organization? I feel like he's going to, like, he's a restricted free agent this summer, so, like, he can't get paid, but maybe there's a team out there that wants to trade for him. I wonder, like, I know on the last show, I'm like, Brian Elliott and Philadelphia seem like a pretty good fit for one another, but, I mean, terrible first playoff start for him. I wonder if, uh, although it's the same division, so I don't see Grubauer's rights being traded from Washington to Philly, uh, but it could happen. Like there are teams with goalie needs and Grubauer has to be one of the most tempting goalie free agents. But the, the, the take is that he stays in Washington. Yeah, that they choose Grubauer over Holpe and trade Holpe. Yeah. Well, doesn't even say that. It says <laughs> they would be available to be traded. Uh, I'm going to say it's a hot take. It's certainly possible. I'm going to give it a six because it, it's definitely possible. But as Elon said, I don't know that's so defensible because by the time these play, like by the by the end of the series, by the end of next week, it could just be like, oh yeah, it's Braden Holtby. But maybe not. Washington's winning now three to two. And by the way, the guy who, John, you didn't know his initials, DSP, scored a goal just now to put the Caps in the lead three to two in the third. DSP. All right. Go Caps. Uh, so that was uh, Braden Can. You guys gave him a 12 on this hot take. Uh, let's move out west. And uh, Bo Horvat will be next year's biggest draft steal at the center position with 60 plus points next year. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like, Brian, you're always kind of not as big on Horvat as the rest of the Facebook group. Is that a fair assessment or, or am I totally out to lunch with that? I think you were right about a year ago at this time. I think I'm catching up though. He had, okay, so let's recap this year. He ended up with 44 points in 64 games, which is a 56 point pace. So, and the year before he had 52 points. So he's improved on his pace from last year. Hopefully next year he won't get injured. I think that Vancouver as uh, Cam has said, I think on Facebook or on Twitter, he's a bit Cam Robinson from Dabber Hockey, I can say, and he's a big Canucks fan. He said how the Canucks have reinforcements coming finally. They have some really good young players that might be joining the team next year. They lose the Sedins, but obviously, and it's great news that Brock Besser's injury isn't too serious. He should be fine. Apparently, he'll be available, ready to even start training in the summer. So I think that, yeah, like all signs point to Bo Horvat 
finally breaking out next year and breaking 60 points. I like it. I think it's a great take. I think that this might be one of the last times that he'll be like underrated as like a sub 60 point guy. And also I'm itching to finally give a hot, like a good score. And I like this take. Put me down for, uh, oh man. I want to give it a seven or, or eight. Can I do 7.5? Seven or eight, Elon. All right, I'll uh, I'll give it a I'll give it an eight. Like I like it a lot. Like the one the reasons why I would maybe give it a seven is I wonder if the like now that Brock Besser had such a great season, like looking like he could be a forty goal scorer, like Bo Horvat right with him on the power play. I wonder if this is like not as hot at this point. But I feel like he's still Canucks. I feel like people just don't give the Canucks enough credit. I'd be interested to see like where Besser gets drafted next year. And but Horvat will definitely be lower, and he's going to be right there along with him. Obviously, he doesn't help so much in shots on goal, but he's not terrible. He had more shots, like he had actually the same number of shots this year as last year with one fifty eight. Except last year it was in eighty one games, and this year in only sixty four games, so he was shooting a bit more. Yeah, my only concern is that maybe people are into Bo Horvat already, but I really like the take. I'm going, to, I'm giving it an eight. I like it. Good job, this guy, p- person. <laughs> I like it a lot too. I'm a big bow guy. Um, and I thought, well, I thought this year was going to be that year. Um, unfortunately, injuries derailed that. And the fact that the city had to stick around for one more stupid season also derailed that oh. as well. But- <laughs> yeah, isn't are we going to like lose our podcasting license? You guys are something bad about the Sedines. They're amazing. And they had an amazing final season. It was great yeah. to see. Angus Sedin was a really solid piece of my Cupful team. I didn't hold him all the way through, but he had a really good stretch for me and won me a few. <laughs> solid. I got rid of him, but he was solid. No, I was scheduled for schedule reasons. I had to get rid of him at some point. They're taking up spots on the top power play. They don't deserve. <laughs> oh, wait, who should have? Who deserved it? Who deserved those spots? Well, like a really good, uh, like up and coming, like roster of young people that just haven't gotten brought up yet. Like, aren't they one of those teams that have had some good picks over the last, like Elias Pettersson, I feel like Cam has been going nuts about, and there's another guy I'd have to bring up there. Uh, uh, anyways. Okay. I'll take a look (laughs) at some stuff. Uh, so Dave, what did you give this? Uh, Yeah, I was just saying, I like the, the, the idea of him being a 60 point player and being the biggest steal, uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, he'll definitely be in contention for it if he is a 60-point player. And uh, if, and especially if people are drafting him, they don't look and see how many games he played this year or anything like that. Uh, so I like it a lot. I'm also giving it an 8. Wow. Woo! All right, now all this time, now we've got the real expert here. Brian, what, what do you, what's your take on Bo Horvat at this point? And I'm going to look up who this other really good player is. Well, no, because I have a question for you. Okay. Like, remember how we felt about Nick Schmaltz going into this season? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not at all saying the same thing. Uh, that they're comparable in skill level, but perhaps in fantasy value. Uh, would you take 2018-19 Bo Horvat before you were ready to take 17-18 Nick Schmaltz? Yeah, I feel Nick Schmaltz was always someone who I liked, and he did have stretches where he was very valuable this season. But I liked him as a because he'd be playing with Patrick Kane, and I've said this on a podcast recently. I think Bo Horvat is the guy on the Canucks. It's going to be like, obviously with Brock Besser, but I think that's like, I think it's them together. Like, I'm like, I want the player playing with Horvat because he's the top line center. I feel like Schmaltz, you know, like it was like a good chance that he's going to be playing with Kane. And then, but he ended up being shifted around. And like, I was into Nick Schmaltz, but I never thought he'd be like a 60 point guy. I just thought he'd be like a solid guy to own. I think that Bo Horvat is definitely someone I like better than Nick Schmaltz. It's, 
it's unquestioned, or at least it should be unquestioned, that he's going to be top power play this next season, uh, whereas Chicago, we kind of didn't really know. Yeah. Yeah, so in Vancouver, like, he's still, yeah, he's still reasonably anonymous, but he also has great deployment. So I'm not sure how that factors into being a steal. Like, I, I, fa- I figure a draft day steal to be someone who, like, depends on how deep your league is, I guess, but I figure that to be someone who starts the season not in prime deployment, but you think they're going to get there. Um, And then their eventual performance and emergence makes them a steal. Although if you're looking at guys who already have that status, Bo Horvat is certainly, again, one of the more anonymous ones. I'm going to throw out a couple other names of 60-point forwards um, just that I grabbed. Uh, Yanni Gord, I think he could be a great steal next year. Uh, and Ryan O'Reilly, underwhelming year, mostly because of a really tough start that uh, he erased. I, I think his status will be higher than someone like Bo Horvath's rightfully or wrongfully. Probably, I don't know. I right prefer Ryan O'Reilly to Bo Horvath, but I think Ryan O'Reilly, I, well, whatever. I think they're both close, but was, yeah. maybe we're going too far off track. Okay. Wait, what do you think? Back on track, Bo Horvath. Uh, the take is that Bo Horvath will be the ne- next year's biggest draft steal at center with a 60 plus point season. Giving it a seven. I think it's good. I, I, I think it hits a real sweet spot for, for finding an anonymous player that honestly, how many, how many, how many reasonably attentive hockey fans, even, even some reasonably attentive ones can name a non Sedine center on the Canucks. And I'm a believer in Bo Horvat too. I'm not like, I don't think his ceiling is like, I don't think sky's the limit with him, but I think he can, he, especially if he gets to play with Besser top power play, I think he can hit 60. It's always possible that he gets sodded and everyone thinks that he's going to be on the power play and somehow ends up not being, but no, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't. I mean, he's been getting top power play t- he's the, the last two seasons. The thing with Bo Horvat, though, is I'm worried that his name value is up there because you see him on the bubble of free agency all the time. So the name you keep seeing as a fantasy hockey player, mm-hmm. and if his projected rank is high enough in the draft, he may be somebody that just goes because like the name has been like ingrained into your head, like some other bubble players from years past. Right. I guess it really like depends. That. It depends. I, that he's on the free agency list. I don't. Well, think just that you see it on that bubble of somebody you think you should pick up because their stats look good enough. That's on like a free agent list of like a mid shallow league, right? Well, that's why I think he'd be. Yeah, he'd be fall down lower, and that's why he'd be a good steal. Yeah, I guess it'll be really fun when we do Brian and I every year like to do this Yahoo rankings look at like we take a look at how Yahoo ranks fantasy <laughs> players and then we could kind of get a sense from there of who's going to be a good steal or not. So I think that'll be just like a good chance to see where does Bo Horvat get ranked by Yahoo and then we'll be able to tell better if he's going to be a draft steal or if he's going to be on people's radars. So that is definitely the highest ranked uh, hot take of the day so far with 23 points um, beating out so far Kessel. Uh, being the top penguin with 19 points and Arizona being better than Vegas next year with 17 points. Uh, so let's go into the last hot take of the Wait, day. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was Ryan Del Rosario. All right, Ryan in the lead going into the final take. He must be on pins and needles right now. Yeah. Just uh, a reminder, like what you're playing for is you could be a hot takeoff judge. You get a shirt. You could, I could give you my game center credentials, signed baseball, my goal horn or a wrench in a the day live with chat. Brian. 
Well, Name I your own price. Yeah, I don't know if Brian agreed to that date with Brian one, but definitely you could have one of the others. So what if they what if they fly themselves out there? I mean, it's up to Brian. You can hang out with me if you want to have that as your prize. If you want to come to <laughs> Toronto. Did we lose Brian? Is he still here? Brian is not here right now, but uh, why don't we just keep going? And oh, then... uh, how about I got a bit I can give out. Go for it. Oh, yeah. I, I think I thought it was today. I thought it was kind of hot. Uh, in the next year's tier one auction, no goalie will go above $30. Ooh. And what was the high? This year, like a bunch of goalies went over $30, right? How I think like at least five or six. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a good hot take. I think we've uh, sufficiently scared people away from goalies. Uh, so I I could see that coming true. I'm going to give you a, an eight, Dave. Yeah. I'll give that a high one too. All right. All right. So Brian's back. Let's go to the final Brian's take. Brian's back. Final take. Next year is the year where that long-awaited decline from Crosby and Ovechkin finally happens. Are Ovechkin and Crosby finally going to start? I don't know if he's talking about like a cliff dive or – you know, just the the minus, you know, seven or eight points that we've been expecting for a while. Mm, you know, Crosby this year, it kind of <laughs> happened, right? Like, uh, I'm just rush, scrambling Crosby, now. To, no. I mean, he, Crosby last no, year. Crosby, Crosby. Oh, sorry. I was looking at Ovechkin. Like, I'm just saying Crosby wasn't like the top scorer in the league this year. Like, there was a lot of people who contended with him. And, okay, let me just get the final count here. I'm loading it up now. Ah, all available. No, I need to do all the players. Anyways, he wasn't in the top 10, right, for points, and he played the full season. Crosby, but wasn't, that, Crosby that was number 10. A, that says less about Sidney Crosby, though, than it does about the rest of the league. Like, Crosby he's been... Crosby was 11. He had 89 points this year in 82 games. Last year, he also had 89 points, but in seven fewer games. He only played 75. The year before... He had 85 points in 80 games, so this year's actually an improvement okay, yeah, over right. that. So basically, Crosby's been the same for a while, and Ovechkin had... I think Ovechkin did better this year, right? Or he was great. Or no, Ovechkin I got as a discount in one of my leagues yeah, this Ovechkin year. Ovechkin only had like 70 points last year. 87 points for Ovechkin in 82 games, so, so two fewer than Crosby, and of course, that was a huge bounce back from the very disappointing uh, season six. he had before. An added piece of context or... Um, Supporting data that they had, maybe that goes to intent uh, from this uh, submission. Ovechkin's year-on, year-off pattern will get worse next year. He'll only score 35 goals, and Crosby won't break 80 points. Both will be picked in the top five, but their value at the end of the year will be closer to 25 or 30. That is the drop-off they're talking about. Hmm. Um, Ovechkin year-on, year-off. Like Last year, he was off. But the year, but the three years before, he had fifty goals or more. So I feel like he hasn't been year on and year off this year. Only forty nine. He ha- he had forty seven going into the last game, and he needed a hat trick to get to fifty, and he scored two. And then apparently, like they were feeding him, trying to get him that uh, third goal of the game, just couldn't make it happen. But like, how amazing would that have been? Yeah, I agree that it's certainly hot and that it's not very likely to happen though, <laughs> especially um, since both of them have to happen for the take whenever- to be true. If Sidney Crosby were to be below a point per game next year, it would be his first year ever that he was below <laughs> a point per game. Is that true? Yeah, Holy cow. True. That's a good uh, that's a good career. Yeah, and uh, like he's had less than 80 points, but he's also had 
those were in seasons where he didn't play a full season. Yeah, that's a what a stat. That's a cool stat you just brought up. I bet you if we tweeted that from the Keeping Carlson account, we'd get a couple of likes and retweets on that. <laughs> Is yeah, he the only was... guy in the league aside from I guess McDavid, who's never been uh, below point per game in his whole career? Maybe yeah, and that goes all the way back to his days playing with Mario Lemieux. So that's been quite a while. Yeah. All right. So uh, what are we doing with this take? I don't know. This is a tough one because I feel uh, like I'll give it a three. Mm. I'll go five. I, I think it's like you you gotta predict it's gonna happen at some point, and I guess it is a hot take to be like, okay, it's time for the new young kids. It's all gonna be about McKinnon and McDavid and like these guys next year. But I feel like I don't like Brian's the one who maybe would see something in the underlying numbers to see like, oh, maybe like Crosby and Ovechkin were like lucky this year to do as well, and there were like underlying indicators that maybe they are gonna drop off. But I didn't hear anything all year about like there being any issues with Crosby and Ovechkin. No, I I don't think they were, excuse me. I don't think there were. I like Crosby. Crosby's almost two years. Like officially he's only one year younger than Ovechkin, but he's almost two. He's like a year and I don't know, a lot younger than Ovechkin. So um, like for me, if I'm trying to parse this, I'm looking at Ovechkin just being older and him being the one who's more likely to tail off. Um, he did not have like any significantly different luck or, or variance either. Like last year was just a really ugly year and we're all glad that that was not the end of Alexander Ovechkin. Um, I think the goal for Ovechkin next year would be like point per game, whereas Crosby you're still looking for him to beat that. And like, we talked about this, Elon, I don't know if this is past off season or the one before, but like, we like officially had a statement that like Sidney Crosby, like I did a lot of research and like, I don't know, know how much of it was valid, but essentially my conclusion, like I, I decided Sidney Crosby was going to be good through to the end of his age 32 season. And so this upcoming one will be his age 31 season as age 32 season and by good i mean like i i should have said elite so uh so i think crosby's got two good two more elite years in him at least ovechkin um ovechkin's the one i'm more concerned about anyway because like i don't know that we're waiting for the moment where both crosby and ovechkin sail off into the sunset like yes they came into the league together and like they they were so paired in every single way marketing and whatever that like we're used to thinking of them together, but I don't think the end of their careers are going to look all that similar. And so for that reason, I have to penalize this take, even though I, I appreciate it going there and saying like these, these guys who we valued so much are finally going to start declining. Uh, I'm going to give the take a five. I think maybe, yeah, I think that's a reasonable score. Maybe even, yeah, like I do appreciate the take also. I think it's fun. Who do you think is someone who like of the like you know people who are generally drafted in the top round or two like who do you think is a candidate to like finally really take a step back next year like is Malkin like he's even older than Crosby right but he was he's so he's been so good like so do you have a name out of curiosity maybe you just don't have one like someone who you expect to finally take a step back after having a great career and being just so reliable all the time I'll try and find one for you but I also um, I, I was researching your other question about players who spent the entirety of their careers, who have spent the entirety of their careers over a point per game. Mm-hmm. 
And like, there's a there's a handful here. Um, Let's go. Gonna, I'm gonna rhyme them Gretzky. off. Um, okay. Oh, so some of these guys, it's hard because I don't know the way I'm searching. I might be missing a chunk of their career. Um, but like, only some of them. Like for example, Peter Forsberg's there. Uh, Evgeny Malkin is above point per game. Alex Ovechkin above point per game. You're talking every every season, right? Like they never had a non point per game season. So yeah, I would need like a little more time to really dig in. Uh, Ziggy Palfi probably does not qualify for that, but between 2001 and 2006, he sure did. Uh, over point per game player, Joe Thornton. Point per game overall for every game they played in their season, not never had a non point per game. Ovechkin had 69 points in 82 games last year. Yeah, Ovechkin lost it just last year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking at full career. Of course, yeah. Of course, there's a bunch of players who are point per game over their yeah, career. Of course, I lost. I lost the plot. Okay, so what were you asking me? I, I was asking like, if you wanted to pick. We we've now agreed that we don't think that Crosby and Ovi are going to fall off next year. Oh right. I'm asking like who is someone who maybe maybe Ryan Getzlaff? Is it maybe time for him? I to... think uh, Ben and Sagan. Oh, but they're still kind of young. But, yeah, I, I don't think I can get on board with that. I'll give you my. I'll give you this is this is a hot one. Um, because it's someone who we thought was almost done, essentially, going into this season. Claude Giroux, who, like, we knew there was room for improvement from, but did not see this season happening. He was second in the league in scoring 102 points in 82 games, and that was after, like, a couple really lean years from him. Um, so he's someone that I I am more expectant, like, I love him as a hockey player. I think he's been super talented. He's fun to watch. And I'm very happy for the season he's had. Uh, everyone touting him as an MVP candidate has been right in doing so. But like he had some ridiculous numbers this year that might have hid a decline that, uh, well, not has already started, but has continued. Um, for example, his shooting percentage was close to 18% when his career average is nine and a half. Uh, his on-ice shooting percentage, 11.4%, which is insane. Uh, like the last few years, it was insanely low in the sixes and low sevens. Um, like essentially you're hoping for around eight or nine as an average number. So 11 and a bit is a lot. Um, and those are just two reasons why I think what we saw from Giroud is a mirage. And so it's like, it's easy to say he's going to decline because I like it's a mirage this year to start with. But he is someone who could just continue. Like I see him as a seventy-point guy, but certainly not like a hundred and two. I like it. That's a good hot take. So it seems like so we have uh, the hot take winner. I believe is that Bo Horvat is going to be the biggest draft steal, at least at center. Maybe Claude yep. Giroux will be the biggest draft bust at center that people will now be drafting like in the top five, top ten. And maybe Brian is predicting to be more like a seventy-point guy next year. I like it. Also, just Giroux. To close- just to so, close this one out, though, uh, Jean Marc uh, submitted the this last one. Oh, um, all right, still so, a chance. Yeah. So uh, no, that one uh, did not win, but I just wanted to let you guys know that, that submission. And yeah, that's all the takes for the day. Ah, all right. Thank you so much, John. I don't. I don't know if I asked if you were going to be available for this long. <laughs> Hopefully, you oh, didn't have yeah, other plans that you've been putting. <laughs> yeah. This was great. Like Dave and John, both of you, thank you so much for coming on the show. And this is, I've been, I've been having a blast and I'm really happy. So who's the winner? Uh, <laughs> hold on one second. The winner. Are you, is... are you tabulating John or are you, do you want to do it aloud? 
Well, he uh, already said it. I just forgot. Yeah, it's Ryan it. Del Rosso. Yeah, Del Rosario. Del Rosario. Sorry. Yes. Congratulations, Ryan. Contact me. Give, send me a PM on Facebook. If not, then I'll, I'll reach out to you. But reach out to me. Tell me which prize you want, and uh, we'll get that over to you. Congratulations, Bo Horvat, the winner, and Ryan, but winner of the hot takeoff. This is a lot of fun. So yeah, thanks to John and to Dave for joining us. Thanks to everyone who listened to this show. I just Brian, don't know. I, I don't know that that was so hot. It was a smart take. Oh, uh, well, what do you want to do? You want to re reassess? No, I'm just curious. I what got another sec- one. What was the second best take? So the top uh, take was Bo Harvet. Bo Harvet. The second best or the second top ranking hot take was the Kessel being a better draft steal than Crosby or uh malkin essentially i like that one but that and wasn't even Arizona the take that was brian's changed version <laughs> yeah. of the take <laughs> it was, a it take was that just... he was gonna be the better scorer yeah than crosby and malkin yes. all right well brian it's a panel of three so you can't yeah. just like override the final <laughs> result i'm just i'm just saying like the horvat take and i feel like i might have i'm not i'm not adjusting congrats ryan uh like I'm just saying, like that. I gave. I I might have given points for it being like very wise and crafty and hey, clever. Just I have to say though, like, it's not so unconventional. So here's a couple of things that happened today. Um, Brian, you gave three sevens out, which was your top score, and it was for the three that were in the top three. So your sevens went to Horvat, Kessel, and Arizona being better than Vegas. Yeah, the I like that one too. Averages. Uh, Brian gave the highest scores of the day at 4.6. Elon was second with 4.1. And Dave was the lowest scorer at 3.9. Okay, pretty close, though. We were all pretty close in the end. Yeah, you can tell I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Well, Brian, I'm sure, would have been lower. He always just starts really high and then sort of eases down. Like, I'm sure if you take out, I'm sure if he were to do the first take again, he wouldn't give it a six. He'd give it like a three or four, and then we'd have the same average. I don't think I'd go below a four. I don't even remember what it was. I it think was the, the Brandon takes, side. The oh, takes were a little bit better than last time, but yes. there's still a lot of room for improvement. Here <laughs> <today>. <laughs> As spoken by the person who gave the lowest grades, definitely both times also. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why we love them. I, I like this hot takeoff. I like the opportunity to uh, be critical. because hey, generally, Elon gave my hot take an eight. So. Hey, that was, was a good, good. hot take. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like in general, we really appreciate the listeners. And we wanted, I just want to thank you again all for uh, supporting us all season long. We're going to now not do a show this Sunday, the first time in a long time, I guess since the All-Star break. But even then, I think we did some bonus things. So yeah, it's going to be the first time in a while. Or no, I'm talking about since Christmas. Uh, anyways, it's been a while since we haven't done a Sunday show. This will be the first one. We'll be back with a summer series episode a week from Sunday. But until then, I hope you like this bonus show. Tweet at us at Keeping Carlson. Let us know what you thought. If you like this format, I'm sure we could uh, reach out to John, see what we need to offer him to get him back and Dave back to do this again because I, I really enjoyed it. So uh, just a dinner with Brian. That's all I need. Hey, come to come to if you come to Ottawa. But why would he? Why would you go to Ottawa? Come to Toronto, and Brian will come to Toronto, and then we'll all have fun. Do you have guys nice pay day. for the dinner? I'll pay for the dinner if John comes, and if you come, I'll I'll pay for your dinner. I mean. Let's uh, keep things within reason. Like we're not going to go to the fanciest restaurant out Perfect there. But meals. <laughs> I'll grab you. I'll pay for your beer and and we'll share our nachos. <laughs> cool. Sounds like a plan. Well, so yeah, let's sign off, and we'll catch you all in a week from Sunday. And enjoy the playoffs. Leafs lost today, so I'm kind of glad that we did this show and I didn't watch this five one drubbing. That wouldn't have been fun. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. uh, until then. 
Is that Do what it. I say now? Yeah, is sure. It like it's, is I, there, I, 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 this is a hot ending, unconventional. Okay, so what are you going to say to end it? But defensible. Uh, keep on keeping Carl's song. Yeah, and tweet third... us if you have a new catchphrase that we can end shows with. Keep on keeping William Carlson. Well, yeah, according to that take, Eric Carlson <laughs> is the, the third Carlson. Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.